Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Dark Insight Podcast, episode 28 on Friday, August the 19th. I'm back after a hiatus of however long. We've lost Jeremy again. Uh, I don't know when me and that man are ever going to record a podcast together because it seems like it's been months now. Uh, So, yes. Taking in and out. (laughs) Yeah, we've lost him. But as you can quite rightly hear, we've got Mr. Charles Turner as usual. Hello, Charles. How are we doing? Yeah, I'm the the staple of this meal. I'm the potatoes. Potatoes. You're (laughs) you're always, come rain or shine, you're always here. Uh, uh, But also this week, we have a special guest from uh, over at Cane and Rinse. We have Mr. James Carter. How are you doing this evening? Good, sir. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Super duper awesome. Thank you very much for uh, coming over. It's a pleasure to have you on. Not at all. Thank you for inviting me. It's yeah. uh, lovely to Super be here. Super cool. <laughs> yeah, it's thank awesome. Uh, right, so I'll just get a little bit out of the way. I'll do my housekeeping this week. Uh, iTunes has been going really well lately. Thanks to everyone. We've had some more reviews. Uh, as always, if you like the show, just dot over there, drop a review or throw a like down on whatever podcast app you use because it really helps us push forward and gets us out to new viewers and things but uh yeah things going good that end so thanks to everyone that's left a review or rating whatever you can always contact us directly if you need to get hold of us at dark insight podcast at gmail.com i tend to pick that one up quicker than the other one or you can get dark insight pod at darkinsight.net i do believe it is yes (laughs) it's a long one lots of dark insights there and also you can get us on twitter at dark insight pod we're also now on uh the google play google play store yeah google play and obviously if you're using a uh, podcast app that you don't find us on give us a holler and we'll see if we can uh, get on there so uh, yes uh without ado we'll crack on but as traditional, we have got to do a little weather update. How is it down your end, Charles? Weather? Um, it's blue skies, nice and clear, no wind. Um, so it's a good winter's day. Uh, it's starting to warm up. I think we're out, the, we're out the worst of it. So hopefully spring's around the corner. Oh, good, good. How about you, James? What's the weather like for you? Uh, it's been pretty miserable in the Midlands today. <laughs> Yeah, it's not been too bad in London. It's just, it started raining a bit earlier on and we're looking to have lots and lots of rain over the weekend. So uh, at least I haven't got to go out and water the grass now. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, yeah, that's our weather. No Jeremy and crazy tornadoes. And I just, yeah, want to give a shout out to uh, obviously everything that's been going on. So uh, yeah, over on Jeremy's side of the world, they've had a lot of flooding over in Louisiana. If you go to Jeremy's page, you he'll have he has a lot of links for charity charity donation sites if you can spare anything to go towards the louisiana flooding super super helpful so that would be great so uh without ado we'll get into the news 
first thing on the list that we've uh, I've got here is it looks like we have a possible PS4 Neo announcement on September the 7th. Uh, Neo, we've heard a lot about this, uh, a lot, a lot, but we haven't heard anything official from Sony yet. So what, what are our thoughts on this? Are we, are we looking forward to it or? Yeah, yeah, somewhat. I think we've talked about that before, but I just find it hilarious that we get announcements for announcements. Like it's, we're going to, are we going to start getting announcements for announcements to announce? (laughs) (laughs) It's yeah, it's quite funny. <laughs> what, what's yeah, it? Feels like it's been a long time coming, doesn't it? Um, yeah. Just kind of yeah. want to hear what's going on with it now and what the plan is, and whether this is more of a, a sort of mild step up, or whether it's going to be something, um, you know, much more like, in theory, what Xbox Scorpio's looking like it's going to be. That's what the rumors are leading leaning towards is that Sony are going to release the next, the big step up sooner. Mm. But mm. only a few weeks away. Yeah, but it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens and whether, because if we go by sort of leaked specs and whatnot, it's, it looks like it's not going to be as powerful as the Scorpio. Mm. But uh, I, I don't know whether I'm even needing it to be honest because if they're going i feel if they're going down the route of kind of you like um your your phone upgrade sort of every few years i think i'll probably skip this one and wait for the one after because i haven't got a 4k tv so if it's aimed at 4k it's not really going to benefit me i don't think but it'll be interesting i think to see what they show i always like a good uh announcement of hardware though I do like. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It'll definitely be interesting to see what they've got to say. I think the mm. um, the point you make is a great one. If if as seems to be the case, they're all adamant that this is going to be um, backwards, completely compatible with the uh, the current PS4, then it looks like a far far harder sell for me. Uh, I've got to agree with with you. It's mm. it's tough to justify what's going to be another three hundred pounds maybe more um for a system that i've if i've got one that can play all of the games you know if i need the top of the range i tend to go to my pc to be honest exactly yes yeah i I don't like this whole push that towards the mobile cell phone platform um because yeah the cell phone you have with you 24 7 whereas a console is not a necessity in today's life it's more of a an enjoyment thing and so it, i think it, i think it'll suffer for sales in the long run yeah it, it, it does seem a bit of a strange one but i think only time will tell whether it sort of takes or not we shall see where they might have blistering sales they they might not only time will tell i think so, yep true that yeah. yeah yeah so have either of you did you, either of you get into the beta test of the PlayStation 4 update 4.0 at all? No. 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 Huh. See, Jeremy was our, was our person who got into the beta with all their info. He was the man on the inside. He was the man on the inside. But, um, yeah, obviously, they've, they're rolling out the beta at the moment for the PS4 update 4.0. With, uh, obviously, it's got, got a few changes one which I really, really liked 
was uh, custom folders and library customization. I've been looking forward to having that for a long time because I tend because I have fitted my PlayStation with a two terabyte hard drive. I keep nice. all of my games installed on there, so it'll be nice to have a custom folder so I can just d- 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 and just neaten up my my cross media. But well, it's not a cross media bar anymore, is it? With the PlayStation's, no, I- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of we've been through this before with the last gen consoles, and the Vita had similar issue where you can mm. put things in folders initially. Seems like we've been this way with 3DS as well. Doesn't it feels a little bit like they, they should have known they needed this from the off? Yeah, it just seems yeah. odd that it's taken now three years. It's three years, right? Pretty much, yeah, since the uh, the release of the PS4 to finally. And, and it's been the same with, with Xbox. You know, the, it, it was almost a list of what was missing when those consoles <laughs> came out three years ago rather than a list of what they had. And sure, you want to get the console out there and then add to it over time, but it sort of feels like if it's stuff that you've had to add in previous generations, maybe just go with that as your baseline start level for the next generation. Yeah, I'm sure I'm... I'm um, doing a disservice to a lot of hard work and effort that goes into making these things. But from the user experience, you kind of just want it to be as needed from the, from day one where I do at least. Yep. No, yeah, I totally agree. Like it's one of those things, <laughs> custom folders is, is something that, because people buy a lot of video games and <laughs> so it's, yeah, it, it, it's, people like customization at the end of the day and the more customization, the better if we can sort of arrange things but on what i have spoke to jeremy about this update he says it's it's fantastic it's snappy it's quick yeah the quick menus are good so i can't really give you more info than that people but he he left us so maybe on the next one he'll uh, give us a rundown of what's what and what's new with the ps4 update it might be released by then (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, the, the rate we're going at losing Jeremy and me, it might be. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that said, um, I still prefer the PlayStation UI to the Xbox. Um, and apparently, people aren't too uh, aren't big fans of the newest Xbox update. I nope. really haven't played with enough to notice the difference. I, I, preferred, the, I preferred the previous uh, UI. Everyone hated the previous UI. I actually really liked it but I'm not a massive fan of the new Windows 10 one. It's moved things around where I kind of liked yeah. them. Like you used to have all your game pits, like taking away my pins. And also I liked with the Xbox, I was able to uh, pin games I haven't bought to my desktop like sort of thing to remind me, oh, I want to play that game in the future. But they've got rid of that function now. So I really like, I quite liked that. But that's just gone. Cortana doesn't work at all. She doesn't understand me. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's like I'm speaking Swahili to her. She she never understands me. So yeah, I gave up on that. <laughs> uh, yeah. <sighs> so they've kind of gone the other way. Yeah, one gets updated and it's not so good. But we shall see. Yes. Uh, yeah. So obviously it's been <laughs> obviously it's been Gamescom and we've had a few bits and bobs come out. But uh, we had a nice little <laughs> trailer come out yesterday for Metal Gear Survive. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. 
Right. <laughs> I, I, right. I had this written down. I, I, just, I had a bit of a rant yesterday on Twitter about this Did whole you? thing. Did you? Yeah, I had a bit of a mental breakdown over it, actually. It was a bit of a, it was a bit crazy. Here, look, I, I'm just going to read the, the tagline exactly. Set directly after the events of Metal Gear Solid Five Grand Zeros, Survive sees the members of Militaire Sun Frontier not killed in the game's finale, transported through wormholes into an alternate dimension where they are forced to battle a force of crystalline zombies. Right. What's wrong with that? (laughs) Right, so so they're not just doing a by-the-numbers generic zombie survival game. It's like the board has gone in and gone, right, what's, what's hot right now? Okay, zombie co-op survival. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> and just stick Metal Gear. Someone also said there was like a quite a funny joke in the in the tag name. Actually, it's like it's what Konami want it to do. They're like Metal Gear survive. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just they. I always I did say when Kojima obviously left, I was interested in seeing what Konami possibly could have done with the Metal Gear series in someone else's hands. And this is what they've done. I'm quite like, they had a lot that they could have done, I feel, but I'm just pretty shocked that this is where they went. What what, what are your views on this? Off you go, James. Um, (laughs) I'm I'm a big Metal Gear fan. I I certainly... Uh, admit that there are problems with the series and that there are problems with having someone whose vision is as uh, big and grand as Hideo Kojima. But he he is that series to me. The series doesn't exist without him. Mm. And that's not to say that I I don't think Konami have the right or that they, they shouldn't make any more games. It's their property. It's their right to do with it. It's their engine, you know, they're obviously going to want to carry on making games, and that's absolutely fine. And, and, and I'm not going to suggest that no one play this game. I can't imagine I'm going to, because it's, well, first of all, it's a co-op game, which means it's going to be designed for multiple players, which immediately, you know, makes it more of an ask for me, whereas um, Phantom Pain, I gladly sat down and sank 100 hours into easy. Mm, yep. um, but it was all on my own. I just explored at my own pace. Uh, I, I took two hours over some of the missions to get, you know, top ranking and, and the S rank, et cetera, and top scores and to do it silently without detection, et cetera. And this, nothing about what this trailer suggests is a, a game that interests me. That's not to say it's not going to interest someone else, but it feels a bit more like like Call of Duty have zombie modes in their multiplayer. mm fine, that serves a certain part of their audience, it's very successful, they've found a niche for it, this is a whole separate game and that's a lot to bank albeit, I think they've said it's going to be a budget title like Ground Zeroes was or or a a lower price title I should say Mm. Um, but this feels like it could be a mode in Metal Gear Online, no, maybe it seems like that's where you try it sort of thing Mm -hmm. Uh, that's a good point it's certainly a, I mean, it's a different direction to take the series. And um, I, I certainly have no qualms about, oh, you know, a bunch of soldiers when the base was attacked at the end of Ground Zeroes were sucked in through a wormhole. I mean, Phantom Pain, you were sending stuff back to uh, Mother Base you through was, yeah. wormholes. Yeah. So that's established. It's 
it's tough to go to ridiculous extremes in the Metal Gear universe because <laughs> it's all been done. You know, it's, it's been as ridiculous as it could possibly be. It's it's always done that, and moments of kind of disbelief, and then you just accept it, move on with the story, and enjoy it for what it is. Um, but this just doesn't look like something that that interests me at all. I, I don't think. Yeah, no, I agree. It, it's not something I certainly will play and I I think say me and Charles are sort of the same vein as you we're, we're, we're big Metal Gear fans and it I don't know it's just it is it is a damn shame to see the series kind of as this game really when I, I always feel like that the story in the world of Metal Gear has crazy potential because of the sort of insane crazy bombast that Kojima has laid down mm-hmm. yeah it's, I don't know it, and the, the other thing that I was thinking as well because obviously they said it's it's going to be a small title it must, it must be because I mean when how, it's only been what a year since Phantom Pain came out so unless they were working on this before then they've they've cobbled this together in the space of a year uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, probably. But, but then the Fox engine was was built for the game. Mm. And in theory, they've got all the assets there. True. From Phantom yeah, Pain, true. So, you know, from that point of view, I mean, the, even the zombies look like they maybe move like the the skulls do yes. in their kind of uh, dormant state before they they get mm. kind of um, get uh, awoken, if you like. Um, so this is what they're doing. I guess it makes a certain sense. If you lose the the creative director of the series, everyone else who's left there technically can make a game that is going to be solid, but what do you do in order to kind of plaster over the gaps left by Kojima? We'll make a game that doesn't require his level of flair and storytelling or his type of flair and storytelling. Cause I know it's not for everyone. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, they've taken the series in weird places before. Um, Peace Walker was kind of an oddity, but I loved that game. Uh, even the Acid Games, um, Revengeance was was taken the series in a different uh, place. And even the graphic novel, which was the first Metal Gear game I played, yeah. uh, weirdly. Um, they've always <laughs> found ways to do weird stuff gameplay-wise. And maybe they'll do that with this, but... It, I hope it, I hope it works for them. I, I don't particularly <laughs> bear them any any grudges. Um, I'd I'd prefer to be playing games that are that are led by Hideo Kojima, uh, Metal Gear games that are led by him, or not at all. Because I mean, go as, as you say, they've always been big, weird, bombastic. Even going back to the original Metal Gear uh, yeah. games, they never needed the polish of the fox engine they never needed the prowess of that to be able to kind of catch you off guard and do weird things and keep you on your toes but this looks very run-of-the-mill from what is just a cg trailer so yes true that 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 is the other the other sort of end of the end of the end of the sharp stick is it wasn't we haven't seen any gameplay footage as of yet have we it's always a knife on the end of a long stick (laughs) yeah Yeah, we've not seen any gameplay. My words have been really muddled gameplay. all day. Gameplay. <laughs> there you go. I'm not even drinking tonight. I'm just drinking Coke. <laughs> maybe that's your problem. Yeah, maybe <laughs> there's not enough whiskey in my system. 
Yeah, um, no, I do. I do agree. What, what do you think, Invader? I I completely understand and agree with everything that's been said, uh, James. You've said it better than I ever could. Um, <laughs> but I, I that all all said and done, I, I'm going to play it um, because I want to see what the rest of the team can do. Because despite Kojima being who he is and and his vision is mm. and his awesomeness, one man doesn't make a game. Um, yeah. So I'm yeah. I, I'm curious to see what they can do. Um, and yeah, it's, it's it feels a lot like kind of what Resident Evil series has done, it um, with some of the spin-offs. Yeah, so it could fall down like Resident Evil po- Survivor or whatever. The only problem is uh, they suck. Uh, they were really <laughs> bad. Yeah, <laughs> but but the series still survived, and so like we're still all super hyped for Resident Evil Seven, um, despite so, yeah. the bad games. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think I think it it's still worth giving a go. Um, I'm kind of with you, James, in that I tend not to uh, lean towards co-op games and it, cause I, um, Vader van, no mates, um, down here in <laughs> New Zealand by myself in the weird time zone. But, um, yeah, I, I still think, I still think I'm going to play it just because, uh, yeah, I want to try it, see if it is bad. And then I can actually complain about it fully <laughs> when it's as bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I think that's fair, and I think this game will do plenty well enough by virtue of the the title, you know, is is recognisable, and there will be a lot of people who want to see, you know, um, when the the split happened, pretty much around the launch last year of Phantom Pain, um, there were a lot of people saying, look, I love Metal Gear, I'm still going to stick with this series and see where it goes, even if the person who created it is no longer the one in charge of it. Uh, so I, I th- there's every expectation this game will still do well and it's just whether or not they can put something out that gives people confidence in the future. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you do tend to find, like, I, I do think of these things rationally afterwards. Just when I first hear news, I tend to just go, quote, well, people know me from my Twitter. I, my, my my initial thoughts tend to just go out there straight away, and I think, hold on. Now I thought about it. <laughs> it's, it takes me a couple of days, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Actually, maybe I overreacted. But no, it's, I don't I just, I just feel that they could have, I don't know, they've got a lot of stuff there, and I think, they could do so much more with what they've got than what they seem to be giving us. If, if that yeah, makes any sense. That's fair enough. Yeah. I completely yeah. understand that. I just, I just, I'm also keen to see another game in that Fox engine. That was a pretty slick engine. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it, hopefully they license it out to other developers or they use it more and, and can value it to what they have. Yes, yeah, it's a shame. It would have been nice to see seen that engine running Silent Hills. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Silent Hill. There's Still, another one. Gear Survive, coming to Xbox One, PS4 and PC in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, from a, from a game that was made in about two minutes to a game that's taken almost ten years to make, and <laughs> we've got another two-month delay... So this is, of course, Final Fantasy XV. Uh, the news, yes, it's had another two months added to its uh, release date. So it's now due on November the 29th rather than September. Uh, basically, Tabata Sun has basically said 
that they want to, they're working on what we would know as a day one patch, finishing up, polishing it and whatnot. But they wanted that to be on disc as well. So they, they, they're pushing their goal, uh, going gold back as well. So this big patch that they're working on will be on disc, which I think's kind of nice for say people that don't generally have internet could say with no man's sky that patch that came with that game completely changed it so the people say that didn't have the internet it, it the game they were playing to what the the post patch version was like was completely different so i think it's really cool that they're doing this um what not everyone seems to share your opinion no outrage that this was greeted with it's, it's <laughs> No Man's Sky is an interesting game to bring up in that response, in that respect, because when it was delayed, there were death threats being sent. There was outrage. It's unbelievable. It's like, and in this case, they're delaying it because they don't want to have a day one patch, which is something that everyone complains about if it exists. So it's from the sublime to the ridiculous. Pick what you want to have happen, folks. Do you want (laughs) to have a game come out when you want to have it or when it's ready? Because. Mm-hmm. If you get it when you want to have it, wait for the patches and six months before the game's actually playable. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think we've been on record before several times saying that would delays delays can be frustrating. We want to play games sooner, but I'd always rather give the developer the time they need to get the game how they want it to be. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And, yeah. and bearing in mind November the 29th is, is a nice little slot. Usually, I mean, that's after... Mm. Most of the other games have come out. There's no Assassin's Creed this year. All the big shooters are out of the way by that point. It's a nice little slot run up to Christmas. It's right after or right around, no, after uh, Thanksgiving in America. There's going to be lots of people able to pick that up through Christmas holidays and into the new year. Just pour hours into that game. Yeah, yep. it, it's it, it certainly worked out better for me because I was like, oh, got Destiny, new... That's right. It was coming out on <laughs> September the 20th, and then that would have been September the 30th. I was like, I'm not going to have time to play both. So this two-month bump this is just perfect for me because <laughs> it means I get yeah. to play Destiny and I get to play Final Fantasy 15. So, yeah, which is awesome. That's exactly what I was going to say. If, if I remember correctly, that that's in the September period is quite busy mm. um, with a few things coming out. So, yeah. Yeah, September and October are hectic. Hectic. As far as yeah. uh, I remember from release calendars and E3 and whatnot, it just looks pretty uh, overwhelming, actually. Mm. Yeah. When's, when's World of Final <laughs> Fantasy coming out? That's around that same period, isn't it? Like October. Oh, I don't know the exact date on that. Because mm. that's, that's what I'm then. keen on. Yeah, I, I, we, I say we spoke about that last time, didn't we? That does look rather good. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking... So, like, I've never played a Final Fantasy game. Are you guys, I guess, really up for 15? Uh, yes. I am now. I wasn't. Yep. I've, I've The past few months, uh, well, I've been sort of down, and then we had that the demo that came out of E3, and people were saying the demo played really bad, and mm. I was getting a little nervous. But it, it, what it sounds like is that that demo was cut and shortened so it would work quicker on the show floor. So, but by right. doing that, it didn't play correctly. Yeah. So it played a bit, but um, they they've had a lot of press go out there 
just recently to play the sort of th- first three to five hours of the game and pretty much everyone's coming back positive. So, good yeah, news. yeah, good news make, make, makes my... Uh, make, yes. Uh, makes me a happy man. <laughs> yep. Um, and 25th of October is World of Final Fantasy. 25th of October, yeah. that's That looks like a cute little game. So, yeah. And also, all the the Kingsglaive movie, which they've made as well, everyone said was going to be terrible. Apparently, it's very good. That comes out at the end of the month to buy on digital and Blu-ray. So, if you want to get in, because that, that leads up to the start of Final Fantasy fifteen, like lays down the groundwork before. Looks very yeah, good. Yeah, it looks cool. Yeah, it's got, it's got some big names. It's got Lena Headley from Game of Thrones and obviously Terminator Chronicles. Uh, is it Aaron Aaron Paul? From Breaking Bad? Uh, yeah, from Breaking Bad. Paul, yeah. yeah. And uh, Need for Speed. Need for Speed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, Sean Bean, I think Sean Bean's in it as well, I do believe. But it looks to... Chances are good he'll be in it, you know. Chances <laughs> are 50-50 on most things that Sean Bean's in it. <laughs> <laughs> so very true. Mm. Do you think he'll die? Ooh. <laughs> he, <laughs> he does a lot, doesn't he? Yeah, I reckon he <laughs> I'm 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 putting my money down that he will. <laughs> um, also, have you seen the the anime series? I saw the first one, and I keep forgetting to go back and and track them the new ones down. No, I'm waiting for them to all be finished so I can watch them all in one one bump. Ah, uh, yeah, fair enough. Mm. It's three or four out now. I think it's I think there's four episodes out now. Yeah, if I'm correct, yeah. So yes, Final Fantasy Fifteen. Can't wait. Looking forward to it now. I'm now back into my little hype zone after nice. my lull. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, I, I I did the exact same thing. I kind of um, I had a pre order down because I had some trading credit, and I moved that pre order credit over Snow Man's Sky, um, mm. and it left just ten dollars on it because um, mm. yeah, I wasn't completely doubting. But yeah, now the excitement's real. It's it's real. Speaking of No Man's Sky, what, what's this? Did you add this? Yeah, yeah. I just thought it was interesting because we know they've been sued before or attempted to be sued, and they spent like three years or something in court with um, Sky TV, Sky UK. Yeah, because <laughs> apparently they, they own the word Sky. Um, <sighs> but there's a new one, and it's it's. I haven't got to find any conclusion to it. About a, a month or so before release, mm. uh, there were lit, um. Like a Dutch company that owns a patent regarding a a mathematical equation. Oh yeah, I read about this. Yeah, so uh, it's something that Sean Murray actually referenced. That they like plugged ago. they plugged a version of this uh, equation into uh, No Man's Sky to see how it would procedurally generate, and it worked essentially. Um, and based on that interview, uh, the university that owns that that equation, I forget the name of it, um, were obviously concerned that their their uh, proprietary um, equation was being used illegally, essentially, because obviously mm, they right, have the okay. right to license that out. Um, but I, th- I think the response was basically, no, no, we said we tried it. It's not in the game. It's not there any like anymore it's never been part of the game it's just something they tried and it was they were making the point that no man's sky is a procedural generation in general but no man's sky 
runs on mathematical models, and it's interesting to try different mathematical models to, to run the uh, the procedural generation. Um, yeah, I think last I heard, uh, Hello Games had kind of invited um, the 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 two guys whose equation this was and representatives from the university uh, to come over and have a coffee and see the studio and see the game and basically try to reassure them that they're not infringing on the on this this uh this equation um that's yeah good, that, yeah that, that that seems quite cool yeah by by the sounds of things obviously they they've it seems that they've tested was testing with this equation yeah to the ends right okay this works so that now let's move on and write our own equation to for the game itself yep yeah that's 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 pretty that's pretty cool of them though to obviously say right look this is how it is come over come see the studios come and come see how everything's working and that, that, that's quite cool they, they, I, I quite like this team I, I I think they've been sort of in a rock and a hard place of late because of obviously Sony's <laughs> huge huge platform push with this game and I, I don't think Sean Murray's he was sure what he could and couldn't say throughout the time of development because obviously they're such a small studio obviously and then dealing with Sony as their publisher yeah, they've they've kind of been wheeling poor old Sean Murray in and out <laughs> to 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 answer all these things here and there, and I think a lot of things have got lost in translation with with obviously No Man's Sky, and people ended up expecting a lot of things of it which were never going to be there. They just sort of presumed, I think. Yeah. So um, I, 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 sorry, go on. No, no, you go. I've just quickly pulled up the story so I can mm. put a bit of extra information onto what I remembered. So um, a Belgian botanist named uh, Johan Gillis, apologies yes. if pronunciation isn't correct, uh, developed this equation that can describe uh, a large number of natural forms in uh, animals and plant life and, and the natural world, essentially. Um, and it's called the super formula. And there is a, uh, a Dutch research company which was founded by this guy and and uh, other people who then own the the license to use that formula, uh, which can be used to generate uh, patterns that could be used for animals and life forms, and you can see why No Man's Sky might want mm. to use it. Uh, the equivalent of Speed Tree, I guess, would be a, a <laughs> gaming related way to look at it. Um, and and yeah, um, so they're asserting back in uh, July this this first came to light. Uh, they were asserting that it is definitely used in the game because um, Sean Murray in an interview said. Uh, but as I say, I then read through and it looks like what was said in the interview was we plugged it in and tried it, but not that. Therefore, it's in the final code of the game. So. Um, and the interesting thing is um, I read a similar article was talking about, I think a lot of it is that it's the internet blowing up about something. Like the guy doesn't seem like he was <clears throat> going to sue No Man's Sky. He was just trying to discuss mm. it with them. Yeah, um, just raise the issue, yeah. Yeah, yeah and whereas the internet turned into, oh, No Man's Sky is going to be cancelled <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, at that time, which I missed at the time, which is which is kind of funny. Um, but there's the patent law in the Europe and in America says that you can't actually patent mathematical and scientific discoveries. You can you yeah. can patent the use and of them. So like yeah. the, the the results 
Um, um, so it's a very grey area. So even if they did, it doesn't necessarily mean yeah. that they're breaching yeah. patent law. Yeah, yeah. In video games, it's quite interesting as well because it's very difficult to um, to patent or to ha- have copyright over the code of of your game. Um, so what's much more common in terms of uh, copyright infringement is using art or music yes. or something like that that you shouldn't have. Um, whereas unless it's, I know um, Epic obviously have been in cases in the past where parts of their engine were used and that that they could show was was a problem. But otherwise, in terms of actual code and like you say, um, algorithms and that kind of thing, it's very difficult to prove that you have taken someone else's work uh, rather than come to the same conclusion, if you like, um, that someone else did independently. So hence hence that doesn't tend to end up patented or copyrighted or you know that kind of thing. <clears throat> yep. Very cool. Yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah, very interesting. Ooh. Very interesting indeed. So, uh, what what did you add this? These new little bits <laughs> that have been added. Facebook <laughs> is building its own Steam-style desktop gaming platform with Unity. Yeah. It was the most recent news that came up, so I thought it was relevant instead of talking about old news. <laughs> um, yeah, they've announced that they're working on a yeah platform to compete with Unity potentially. Uh, with, no, they're working with Unity to compete with Steam. Uh, to bring back revenue to Facebook social gaming that they've lost revenue yeah. over the last couple of years. I, th- I think that makes makes a lot of sense. Um, not least of all because they they own Oculus and therefore mm. it's in their interest to make sure that they have a storefront through which to sell games that run on Oculus and integrate that into Facebook. Makes a lot of sense. Amazon, uh, you know, a couple of years back, started taking big steps towards having their own game development and uh, publishing arms. So makes sense. Facebook would do the same. They're looking at loads of different ways to try and uh, make themselves a profitable business. <laughs> um, do we like, do we like having all these different storefronts? <sighs> or platforms? Competition's good, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Health competition is always a good thing in the marketplace. I think. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, uh, Uplay and Origin are certainly both fantastic services. So. <laughs> it's it's one of those ridiculous <laughs> things where, and the same goes for the Windows 10 store, it's going to oh. take a heck of a lot for me to not buy the game on Steam if it's yeah. a PC game. Would, would, you know, uh, good Old Games is about as close as it comes. Uh, Humble Bundle. And then it starts to kind of get difficult to justify having seven different places that you've got different games spread out on and which game do you have where and it's just that, it, that's my concern this is really even it, but it goes to show it even looks like obviously windows store they even realized that them selling xbox games in there doesn't really work so well because quantum break if i'm correct moving over to steam is it not it's coming to steam now yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. And to be fair, um, Phil Spencer at E3 and beforehand has has said, look, they have to have their own storefront. It would be silly of them not to have their own storefront, especially with the cross-play, cross-buy and cross-play aspects between Windows 10 and Xbox One. Um, But that doesn't preclude them from putting it on Steam, you know, in the same way, you know, that's that's just a retail front. You want your product to be available to sell everywhere, but 
Um, EA Origin is obviously a different kettle of fish because their games no longer come to Steam in a lot of cases. Yeah. Um, you've got this weird situation where Steam's had a Mass Effect franchise sale, but it only includes the first two games. Uh, this this week they had that sale on uh, because the thirds happened to come right after EA stopped putting games on Steam. So, um, yeah, it's like you so don't. Yeah, it's, it's a weird situation. Yeah, you don't get none of the battlefields or anything like that on Steam now. That's that's no, all no, on Origin, no, isn't it? Yeah. No. Yeah. So because I I don't play PC games much because yeah. I, I use a Mac and I've just started playing a few um, that I can through Steam and I've also got um, but there's no, Blizzard. <laughs> Blizzard. <laughs> um, shop front now. And so it's just, yeah, I've already two, three, too many for me. <laughs> yeah, uh, at, least, at least on Blizzard, you've only got about five games on there. Yeah, well, I've only playing Hearthstone, which was free anyway. So <laughs> it's just annoying having to install like a that launch thingy to yeah. play one game. I guess the question is whether this is just going to be mostly aimed at their kind of social games um, that they have on Facebook or whether they're actually going to start selling, you know, all sorts of video games, AAA games, uh, you know. Uh, That's what was discussed. Yeah, actually competing with Steam rather than just having a a more sort of unified platform to put Facebook games on. Yeah, they launched a beta or something for the like Facebook Arcade last month, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And this, they've taken the arcade out of it, and then they're discussing, yeah, moving into. So, it will obviously, be a huge platform for um, social games. And one of the things they'll be focusing on is porting um, Android and iOS games to the their mm-hmm. platform. Hence and then also, Unity, I guess that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And then also uh, supporting, as you mentioned, uh, rightly, uh, Oculus Rift. And yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also they will be yeah, putting big title games on, such as we'd find on consoles and Steam. So they, they right. eventually yeah, that yeah. looks like they will be moving towards competing. Yeah. But kind of springboarding off their arcade social kind yeah, of gaming sure, they have that currently. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. Um, so it, it's interesting and to see what they'll do. But, uh, but yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll see. Watch the space, I guess. Watch this Facebook. Well, that's the end of the news. No more news for this week. So we 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 we're starting to come in at that tight time of year where we start getting a bit more news because uh, news is kind of dry over the summer a lot of the time. So we shall dip into what we have been playing. So by the looks of things, we've all been playing No Man's Sky. So we will chat about that in a bit. Yeah, uh, Vader. What sort of stuff have you been getting your teeth into? Um, I've downloaded, because I mentioned earlier, uh, I was kind of saying to try and find some uh, games that work on Mac through Steam. Hmm. And one of them is uh, Creativeverse. Um, it's start, it's free to play, but you can't. Uh, you kind of want to spend money and upgrade properly. I haven't done that yet. But it's it's a kind of a Minecraft clone ripoff thing. Um, so I mostly got it to play with my son. Um and when we need, we've got a, my old Mac, he's got, but I need to kind of format it. So once that all set up, we're going to play co-op together on two different computers. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's Minecraft. It's all square blocks like Minecraft, but instead of mining, you're like got this magic glove that you just suck up resources. So it's a bit quicker. <laughs> um, and yeah, and it's slightly higher, like kind of uh, 
the textures are a little bit higher resolution uh, and slightly prettier and glossier than, than Minecraft is. But yeah, it seems like a lot of fun. Because you, you and Odin actually do play Minecraft, don't you? Yeah, we do. Mm. But we play just on console. Um, but that may, yeah, we may go to PC if we can, if I can get his one working. And mm. we can play, well, not PC, Mac, but you know what I mean. Yeah. So how, 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 do, how does this game fare against the mighty Minecraft? <laughs> well, it, probably has, it seems that it's got a reasonable good solid following. I know some people who prefer it. And <clears throat> from what I've seen so far, it seems to be a little quicker to get resources and get into it. Mm. Um, mm. I think you can like quick build buildings and stuff that you can get blueprints and it'll like build the whole building all at once. So I think there's little perks like that, which will be helpful because sometimes when you're on a building in Minecraft, you run out of steam pretty quick because you're like, yeah, I've just been an hour doing nothing. <laughs> um, so it's got potential. Um, and, it, but again, it is just a Minecraft clone. Um, so it will be fun playing with a few people probably like the chomp chain boys, but Nothing spectacular, um, but yeah. I don't, know, I don't. I kind of don't know how they can get away with it because it is so closely connected to to Minecraft. Mm. Well, I mean that goes back, that goes back to what we were talking about before. Yeah, with, true. Uh, use of algorithms, etc. Game mechanics, as far as I'm aware, can't be copyrighted, patented. They're not proprietary, so if you want to make exactly Minecraft and tweak your game so it plays exactly like it and just skin it with something that's slightly uh, more cartoony or slightly more slightly higher res, like you say, you can go and do that. You know, that's mm. why you get so many clones and rip-offs of, of games, um, you know, successful games like Minecraft. It's like saying, yeah. like, back in the day where you had Call of Duty and Medal of Honor. They were, they were kind of yeah. almost the same. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, good point. Um, Although so, yeah. in that case, it's because um, the two creators of Call of Duty came from the Medal of Honor series as well. Very so. true. Very true, yes. <laughs> very, very true. Um, yeah, I want to be able to tell you that. Uh, <laughs> uh, there, there are a few differences. Like your characters are, are a proper kind of human-ish looking person. They're not just a square block. Um mm. And so, yeah, not everything square in the world, just the the environment is, but animals and and your your player character are all actually uh, rounded looking things. So there's like weird warthogs and and lizard monsters that you fight. Uh, so there's a lot there's there's a lot of depth to it and, and potential. Um, but again, it's one of those ones where you, a shared universe is always going to be more fun when you're building and adventuring together. Um, but yeah, cool. I'll, I'll let you know more if, if, the more I play it. Um, do you want me to keep going with the games I'm playing or do we want, do we want to bounce around I don't mind you can I'll keep going then I've only got a couple more uh, Tricky Towers it's the Playstation Plus game um, yeah I was going to say I've heard some good things about this it's actually quite fun it's definitely uh, in the realms of kind of like couch co-op party play mm-hmm. where um, kind of not as good as like, um, Tower Fall but in that kind of rounds where you can just have a laugh with some buddies when they're over uh, and me and me and Odin been playing it. It's 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 quite funny. It's it's this weird Tetris game <clears> where you're not you've got Tetris block, blocks falling, and it's kind of actually fun to see finally Tetris being used in a slightly different way. 
but still the same way. <laughs> um, the the blocks fall, and you've got the same exact same kind of blocks as Tetris, but instead you don't have to make lines because they don't disappear when you make lines. But it's in your best interest to keep your you're creating a tower as stable as possible. Uh, so you kind of want to make it almost solid as if you were creating lines and you're trying, there's different modes. There's like the race where you're trying to build your tower as fast as possible mm-hmm. to reach like a, a, a certain height in the, in the sky with Tetris blocks. Um, and it's, it's all these funny little wizards characters and the animations are quite funny and you're kind of floating around and, you, and um, these little, your little characters floating around and you can get power ups when you get to certain points. Um, and so you can rush and try and make a tower really fast, but that compromises your stability and it may topple and then you have to start again. Um, and there's other modes where puzzles, you've got like a, I got a very short height, like a, a, a line that you have to use as many blocks as possible to fit under that line. And whoever gets the most, uses the most blocks in the cre- most creative way um, wins. Um, and there's also a survival mode where if you, have four three blocks fall off your tower then you lose uh so it, it, it's just a really simple fun and you can play up to four players um just quirky fun and that's the, that, that's uh on this this month's playstation plus correct? yeah yeah um it's yeah super simple but it, it yeah uh odin so, was like kind of anti it we did a little short video of it um we like mm-hmm. to do like the playstation plus games and just do a quick video um together on our YouTube and he's kind of a bit down on it. when We played it, but ever since it's been his game that he, he asked to play the most. Um, <laughs> and we just sit there and play for 10, 20 minutes and just have a laugh, um, joke about how our towers are falling down or whatnot. And yeah. So in terms of the towers, when you're building them, um, presumably like unlike Tetris doesn't have any physics at all. This has got, would you call it realistic physics? So you've got to try and balance the tower as it goes up. Yep. Yep. So you're balancing. So if you put a block, it may, um, you know, the semi T kind of block where you've got the three squares at the bottom and then one in the middle. Yep. Yep. You can stand that on the edge, like vertical, um, but it's going to lean towards where that, the the one block is because that's where the weight is. Gravity's kind of shifted a bit. Yeah, and so there is. A, a, sometimes it seems a bit off, but mostly it works fine. Um, uh, yeah, and yeah, you can kind of guess the physics, and so there's there's the, you can play um, a, you can play one of the modes, and I think it's the race mode. When you get to a, you get checkpoints, you get um, a little spell you can cast. I think it's random, and you can choose uh, an attacking spell to uh, interfere with your opponent's uh, tower, or you can choose a passive spell, um, which uh, helps you with your tower. So you can kind of, because uh, you're little wizards um, and this one. And so you can, the ones that can help you, you can cast like a, I think like a mortar a spell, which turns the Tetris block into like brick and mortar. And so yeah. it, it's solid. It, it locks in. It around that. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's like a vine one, which actually grips the, the um the other Tetris blocks nearby and they all become one solid block, which can be into your advantage, or if you do it wrong, it can be disadvantaged because that now becomes one solid weight. <laughs> so yeah, if it's outweighted, yeah, sure. it can pull off to the side. Um it, 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 as I say, it's just it's just quirky. It's nothing spectacular. You're not gonna drop 
hundreds of hours into it. But if you've got a couple of friends around and you just want to have a laugh and yeah, it's a, it's a good one to play. And as I say, fits in with that tower four kind of realm of, of gaming, um, just simple kind of party fun. Yeah. bit sort of, uh, mount your friends ish by the sounds of it as well. Yeah, given mm-hmm. that you're kind exactly. of creating a tower as well. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Cool. So don't expect much, but yeah, it's a bit of fun. Yakuza was also free on PlayStation Plus. Yakuza Yakuza Five, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm a big fan of the the series. Um, and so it's kind of I've been meaning to pick it up, but I don't turn my PS3 on often. Uh, but this was a perfect excuse because it's free. <laughs> uh, what, hold on, hold on. You you got Yakuza Five? Yeah. See over here, ours is Rebel Galaxy. I would have much rather have had Yakuza Five. <laughs> Oh no, I got that too. Uh, no, no, this you is off PS3. Yeah, it's on PS3, that? of course. But oh, yeah. yeah, of course, my PS3's gone in it. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's. Yeah, I wish was. I wish they had kind of remastered it for PS4 and yeah, released it in the West. That's the problem with it coming out three years later. Is it's great to have it, and obviously, if you mm. you know, for people who are diehard fans, they're gonna either have hung on to their PS3 or be glad be happy to sort of borrow or pick up another one but um yeah it, it really feels like something that could have done with being put onto ps4 but yeah yeah exactly because i uh, the graphics are the, the good the, the the yakuza games always done faces quite well the uniqueness of mm. all the characters is, is is pretty pretty impressive but the, the graphics aren't spectacular they're not anything near like middle Gear solid or uh grand theft auto but the world is so real. It's so good. <laughs> um, I've only played the first or maybe hour of it because I just downloaded it yesterday. Um, and I, I, yeah, it's just so cool. Especially since I went to Japan earlier in the year, it's really cool to um, to see how realistic it actually is. And these streets, these arcades, and and stuff feel like they do in the real world. Uh, yeah. Yeah, almost no, yakuza and shenmue are two series that people say that about you know if you go to the right place you can literally look down the street and it just feels like you're there <laughs> um, yeah yeah um because I, I spent my time in osaka earlier in the year and mm. it, the game starts off in fukuoka which is you most of the yakuza games are set in uh tokyo mm. and i believe this is one of the first one where you can actually go to quite a few locations um but even that like even though it's a different city like there's just the main shopping area, main strip, and it's set by a river. It was exactly like the main mm. shopping area that I spent my time in Osaka. <laughs> um, uh, you go into like the, the the convenience stores, and they're laid out exactly how they are in real life. Like I went to a Seven Eleven in the game, and it's exactly like the Seven Eleven by my brother's place. <laughs> <laughs> the same layout, everything. The donuts are in the same spot. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I love I love the attention to detail. Like you can yeah. go into it. I went into another one, which was um, just before well, before we started recording. And there's, you can look at the magazine rack and you can pull up and you can look at the different covers. And there's, um, and it's just exactly like the same magazine racks in Japan. There's the slightly dodgier section and then there's the, cut, the anime manga section. <laughs> and you can look at them and it's, and it, it has on the front cover of the, um, the manga magazine, it has fairy tale and on the front cover. And it's talking about like celebrating 50 years of, of that studio or companies being in, in, in production, stuff like that. And it's, it's, it got real world detail in this game and 
it's just amazing how much they yeah. managed to push into it um, <laughs> and how many games they managed to get out in a, in a reasonably short period of time. Um, yeah, that, that that's one of the reasons I love the game. There's a lot of downsides to it. I don't like the dating stuff they force into the games. Um, <laughs> the escort stuff. Can't escape but, the Japanese dating sims, <laughs> even when no. playing Yakuza. Yeah, but the rest of the game is just amazing, the world they create and just the fun that they, they have with it. Um, the only frustrating thing was I never actually finished 4 because... Um, well, when I got my PS4, I stopped playing it mostly because it was—it's a bit violent to play around the kids because uh, mm. it's so brutal in the in the fighting style. Um, so I kind of weaned off it with four, and then I I got rid of my physical copy because again I got played the digital for PS4, uh, sorry PS3, got the I got Yakuza Four for free on PlayStation Plus. So I got rid of my physical copy um, and kept the digital when I got my PS4. Um, but the saves don't cross over, so I lost my save. Yeah. Um, so I've never finished four, but I'm looking forward to reminiscing because that's the cool thing with the Yakuza series is that you can uh, they'll you unlock cutscenes from previous games and you can sit down and watch the games as a movie. That's oh, pretty nice. cool. Um, and so you can re- reminisce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I'll finish. Oh, you finish Yakuza four that way probably rather than playing it all through again. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So, what what have you been uh, playing, James? Um, I keep getting dragged or keep dragging myself back into Binding of Isaac. That's a game <laughs> I've played for years now, um, and it's one of those where, a bit like Dark Souls in some respects, if I'm just sort of I don't really want to start anything new, I'm not enjoying what I've been playing. It's just a really comfy place to go. And it sounds daft to say that playing Binding of Isaac, wading through, you know, crap and dungeons and just horrible, horrible stuff is a comfy place to be. But it really is. It's just such a great game just to fire up on the Vita if I'm sat in bed or on the PC when I'm just sat here and I've, you know, finished a bit of No Man's Sky and it's just what am I going to do for 10-15 minutes well I can get in you know a good solid run on uh, on Isaac in that time and uh, I just love that game it's uh, dangerously close to one of my favourites of all time I think it's uh, just incredible yeah. and with uh, Afterbirth hasn't come to Vita because they can't get it working but it's on PC in the Rebirth version uh, it just feels so much smoother it's uh, a bit more sort of gentle to get into and um, like the original game with Wrath of the Lamb, there's so much stuff in it. It's just never ending. The amount of stuff to do and the amount of challenges to engage in with daily challenges now as well. Um, it's just mm. it's ridiculous. That uh, game. It's, this game's always interested me because I absolutely love the aesthetic of the game. It's It's right down yeah. my my heavy metal alley yeah. <laughs> but i'm pretty bad at that game and I, i've tried to get into it so many times i just i don't get very far but it's <laughs> I, I do love the way it plays and looks it's it's one of those games you can just get into and just play it's it's yeah. simple but deep at the same time i think and it's i, I just i really like it i just wish i was better at it <laughs> I'm 
awful at it, and and I'm I'm way better than I was when I first started. But um, it really is just one of those things where I find myself playing, you know, three or four runs mm. every day towards the end of the day, and just before you know it, getting to Satan and defeating uh, defeating that boss. It's not easy, but it's not a complete surprise when you mm. manage it. Um, and just little by little, you get to know how to play the game. You kind of understand that, although you can play it on a gamepad with twin sticks, it's the four cardinal directions you need to be worrying about shooting in, and, and you kind of learn the way you have to tackle every enemy, every boss, what all the items do, aside from the ones that change. Um but you just get to know all that stuff and you just get the muscle memory sort of built in uh, and a bit like, you know, your Spelunkies and that kind of thing, other other roguelikes or rogue-like-likes or whatever you want to call them. Um, you, you, do, you just you find yourself getting incrementally better over a long period of time at them. Mm. Um, and, yeah, like you, I I, I guess the, the aesthetic does appeal to me. It just always sounds, whenever I say it, I sort of catch myself and think, am I really saying that I enjoy being a, you know, a beaten child locked in a basement attacked by, you know, monsters covered in all sorts of excrement and what it, it sounds ridiculous, but I, yeah. I love the aesthetic of it. I love the way it plays and all the, the humor and the disturbing stuff in it. It's just great. Hmm. Yeah, um, do you cool. find that there's runs that you know are just a, a failed from quite 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 oh, quickly. Yeah. yeah, if I'm playing on PC, the R key is never far. My finger, um, just hit R, hold it, restart. Because you get to the point where you know you need to do a certain run with a particular character, and you go into the first um, sort of treasure room, and you get a crap roll, and then you walk into the boss, and just for whatever reason, you know you, you get hit, and it's just like, no, nah, I'm done. This this run's not going anywhere, and yep. you probably end up abandoning runs that you could make something of. But if you're not feeling it, you're not feeling it, and it's just easier to reroll. Uh, yeah, so to get into. So yeah, there's yeah. a lot of luck in there, isn't there? Um, so yeah. I, I did play a reasonable amount uh, when it first was released on the PS4, um, and I did it. I do definitely enjoy it, but yeah, there's a lot of luck involved. Yeah, if I get. Uh, so some some items I get to know what they are and I know to avoid, but occasionally I'll get an item mixed up or whatever and I'll walk over and pick it up and it's like charge shot and there are very few builds that charge shot is going to work for. Not like brimstone fine absolutely, but just regular charge shot. It's like no, I'm... soy milk is the other one. There are a few builds that soy milk is just devastating for, but usually it's just going to cripple you. Um, yeah. In terms of being able to do damage, so. Yeah, usually even if I get three or four levels in, if I'm not getting enough damage upgrades, I just end up sacking it off. Yeah, that's, that's that knowledge is really important in that game. Mm, yeah, and I didn't really play enough to learn what all the different things were. Either that or have your phone next to you with, uh, there's a couple of good sites <laughs> just for having, there's one of them, I can't I forget the name of the site, that's entirely pictorial. So you just have this complete layout of every item in the game and you just, either search through them or, or just click on the item and it will tell you what it is and what it does, um, which is really useful to have handy if you're serious about trying to actually make some progress. It's very impressive if you think about it, how many items there are and how they actually will build off each other 
the combinations oh, are yeah. endless. So some of them are planned combinations. Like uh, you'll you'll get two or three items together, and it will pop up and tell you that that does something to the character, or it's a particular um, achievement on on the Steam version. Uh, but there's others where it's just like you know, you just pick up an item that you'd never found a use for before, and it happens to just in this really wild way work with all the other uh, items you've picked up. It's uh, yeah. really cool. I think the best run I had, I managed to get uh, it was like the orbiting one that kind of spins around you, mm. and yep, then also I had like mega large um, tears. <laughs> uh, so so like got this wall of water around you. Yeah, and I think I might have had tournament of blood, which does more damage or something. So it might be red yeah. red tears, um, and yeah, so it was just like yeah, just just spinning, whirling death. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yet, some other um, runs, the orbiting tears can, or magnetic tears as well, can just wreck your run. You've got a good run going. You pick that up, and you're like, "Oh no, I've done myself here." You know, because you're just not able to control the tears the way you were before. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's always worth experimenting because you find some really cool stuff. Yeah, for sure. Uh, very cool. Very cool. Also worth pointing out uh, for anyone listening, we covered Binding of Isaac, the original version, not Rebirth, in. Kane and Rince, uh, issue 116. So if you want to hear my thoughts and the thoughts of two people far, far better at the game than I am, <laughs> uh, then go and check that one out. We get into it for a good couple of hours. It amazes yeah, me that listen. you remembered the uh, the issue number off the top of your head as well. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> I, impressive. I checked, I checked it beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> no way I remember 200. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> oh, you should be like, yeah. Of course you remember. <laughs> it <No>. memory. <laughs> no, you do, I, you I, do I, the I, same during the Cane and Rinse podcast, though. You you drop the n- n- uh, numbers of the other podcasts. Yeah, but you yeah, maybe yeah. maybe you've done your research beforehand, but now you've broken the illusion of your <laughs> usually. Memory. Yeah, if I if I remember, um, I'll I'll stick it in the show notes. Where if if we know we're going to be talking about uh, games that influenced the game we're talking about, or mm. games that came after and and were. Part of the part of the game we're talking about is legacy. Then, yeah, I'll tend to stick in the show notes uh, if I'm if I'm on the show or, or hosting or whatever. So, uh, but but yeah, I think Leon's about the only one of us uh, that would be able to recall stuff like that off the top of his head because <laughs> um, the man's an encyclopedia. He really is when it comes to video games and and uh, the King Rinse podcast. He's nice. <laughs> that Oh, it just amazes me that I, I struggle to remember what happened yesterday. Sometimes my <laughs> my memory is by far the worst thing in the world, and sometimes I even lose my words as I'm talking. Yeah, you will <laughs> notice this. Like, oh, it's absolutely terrible, terrible, terrible. <laughs> yeah. So no, it's one of those games I would like to try. I think I'll mm. probably get back into. I think it's kind of like Dark Souls. Really, the more it's one of those things you just have to dig in and play and just. Just get, just play it, get better, put put the time in, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's a weird thing with Dark Souls as well. Uh, Not not so much from the aesthetic point of view, but kind of. Um, I find myself multiple times not feeling like playing anything, and Dark Souls is just comfort food. Any time I will just sit down and play that game. Mm -hmm. And yet thinking back to the first time playing that game, where every step I took <laughs> was just trepidation, fear, couldn't yeah. play more than an hour at a time because I just got too tense. And, <laughs> and now it's like, nah, yeah, I'll roll a build and go and see how long I can survive or see if I can beat the Hydra uh, 
as the first enemy I defeat after the Asylum Demon, which I did, by the way. That was really cool. <laughs> awesome. Just run past every enemy. Obviously, you have to beat the, the Asylum Demon and then just run around. It takes so long if you don't upgrade your weapon, though, like 20 minutes to kill that thing. Uh, <laughs> it's possible. You can do it. You just need to speed run a bit. It's good fun. Mm-hmm. I, I, pick, pick a wacky challenge, see <laughs> see what you can do with it. I know you're saying though, like just just of late, like I've sort of after I'd finished No Man's Sky, I was like, oh, I've got nothing to play now. Um, Bloodborne, it is new character. <laughs> <laughs> there yeah. we go. Yeah, I was like, oh, try a new build. I decided to because I'd never played. I played it through so many times. I'd never played mm. with the threaded canes. I thought, ah, I play with that then. <laughs> oh, my second run was threaded cane. That was good fun. Proper Castlevania. Yeah, I'm actually quite enjoying it because it's the first time like, I've gone through it God knows how many times, but it's the first time I've even bothered using the Freddy Kane, but it's actually quite fun. It is very Castlevania. Really good against yeah. any uh, fleshy enemies that mm. suffer from the, the... It's not bleeding, but... Um, it's like a sword damage, isn't it? Serration yeah. damage. Serration yeah, damage, yeah. 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 There, and there it is. It's another episode with uh, not talking about Dark Souls. We did it again. Woohoo! <laughs> we, yeah, we brought, it wasn't we, me and you Cliff that brought it up it was James started it <laughs> <laughs> it was me all day all day oh, I, I will it. talk Dark Souls apologies <laughs> yeah. to listeners it's, it's funny oh, I, work, no. I work with a guy and he listens to the podcast and he's yeah. always like will you stop talking about Dark Souls I'm like we can't help it we started out <laughs> no, as a Dark Souls podcast that's where we it, started Dark Souls and Super Meat Boy are the two games that on Kane and Rince just come up all the time <laughs> it's like Inevitably, we're talking about something not even re- closely related, <laughs> not even remotely related, and it's just like, oh yeah, but in Dark Souls, or you know, if if it's anything where you're talking about speed and controls, then Super Meat Boy comes up. Mm. Uh, spe- speaking of which, my next game, mm. uh, Ten Second Ninja X. Uh, yeah, I've seen this. So I never really played Ten Second Ninja, but. Um, I picked up 10 Second Ninja X and probably Steam sale, I think, um, just sort of a couple of months back. Um, and it's, re- it's really good fun. Uh, it's made by Curve Digital, who've done a lot of um, publishing of some ports and stuff like that they've helped out with as well on, on um, PlayStation in particular. And uh, this, I believe, is one of their own games. Uh, I should probably check that, but I think I'm right in saying it's one of their own games. Um, and uh, it's just a great little game, uh, a bit sort of Super Meat Boy-esque in that you're presented with a level that, I mean, in this case, they only take 10 seconds. That's how long you have to complete the level. Um, and it's just, you look at the level and think, well, you can't do it. It cannot <laughs> be done, let alone get in the three-star time, which in some cases is only, you know, like four or five seconds. Um <laughs> But it's just, it's brilliant. Really sort of tight controls and very limited controls, but you've got a limited uh, ability set, a limited mechanic set, and it's just stare at this map and try and work out how you can jump and uh, sword slash and shuriken your way through four, five, six enemies in that period of time. Uh, So it's more so than, than Super Meat Boy, by far, it's a puzzle game as much as it's a platformer. It's just really cool. Um, yeah, it looked right. I, hard, I, looked at it I looked at it recently on the Steam. Um, I like the aesthetic and look of the little ninja. Yeah, yeah, and it's 
It's got this whole uh, pirates versus ninjas storyline going on, but knowingly it's like it knows what it's doing. It's tongue in cheek. It's really not laugh out loud funny, but it's constantly sort of, you know, smirk worthy sounds really crappy thing to say, (laughs) but it is. It's it's just constantly like smirk on the side. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good. Um, And then you get into the levels and it's just, rage inducing but you've always got that reset like the bumper button reset start again reset start again and uh like we were just talking about with binding of isaac first move you make and you're like no that's not what i'm doing reset you know you immediately know you've done it wrong and you don't hesitate because it restarts so fast um so it's definitely got that kind of one more goal one more attempt and eventually you get there and it's just it, it is really really cool See, I, I bounced off uh, Super Meat Boy. Would is it? Would there be something that would put me off this game, or is it different enough? Uh, no, 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 not necessarily. This is um, so Super Meat Boy. Uh, part of the frustration is that you get into some quite long levels, and if you fail halfway through, you're back to the beginning straight away. Um, so that that's quite different. It requires a, a lot of. Um, sort of technical dexterity to be mm. able to do it. I barely got through Super Meat Boy and don't even get me started on doing any of the Dark World stuff. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I don't have the I don't have the coordination of my hands. I don't have the ability. I don't consider myself someone who's particularly good at games, but that's one where you kind of need to have a base level uh, of technical ability. Um, and this you certainly do to a certain extent, but it because the levels are only five seconds, it's not like you've got sustained, like claw hand type tension going on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't find it as frustrating. Okay. One thing that did frustrate me a bit is, um, so you get stars for each level, and depending upon the time you complete it in, completing it within ten seconds gets you one star, and then there's target times for the others. Um, and they do the thing where you can't unlock the next world until you get a certain number of stars, which is fine for demanding a certain level of expertise before you, or a level of ability before you unlock the next 10 levels. But um, it's a bit frustrating when I've completed all of the levels and then I'm told, yeah, but you didn't get two stars in them all, so you can't go forward. It's just kind of a bit frustrating. Um, it's very free-to-play kind of style as well. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Except this is just seems to be no hard locked off. I mean, you can, as far as I know, yeah, you can. You can skip a level within a world, but you're still going to have to get to the 20 stars you need to unlock the next world, and then you need 40 in total before you unlock the next, and so on. So, um, but it's something you can kind of pick away at. And I, I went through the first couple of worlds and then. It introduces different puzzle elements where there's now switches that you've got to run past or uh, throw a, a sh- shuriken at. Um, so you've got to try and work out what order you do things in way more than you had to previously. Um, so in, in that point, it's really getting to, um, you know, it's much more of a puzzle game. And you can almost sit back, work out what you want to do, a bit of trial and error to try and work it out. And then you're piecing together kind of your perfect run at it. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily say that it should put you off, but um, you do still need to be decent at platformers better than I am to probably get to the end of it. But uh, 
I do just need to correct myself. It's not Curve Digital didn't develop it. They just published it. Uh, Four Circle Interactive are the developers on it. So apologies for that uh, miscredit there. That's right. Hmm. Sounds cool. I don't know any better. <laughs> yeah, sounds cool. <clears throat> oh. Oh. <laughs> Um, so uh, the the last game I've been playing, aside from No Man's Sky, I believe. Yes. Which is uh, Abzu. I don't. Know, do you want to uh, start talking about uh, Abzu? Yeah. Uh, well, this is what this is one of the game. This is the only other game that I've played mm. other than No Man's Sky. So nice uh, pair, actually, Abzu and No Man's Sky. Hmm. I, I I was unsure what to make of Abzu. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, my first my first thoughts out of the bat is it's beautiful, hmm. really stunning looking game. Uh, obviously, the physics of the swarms swarms. That's not even a word. The, the schools of fish. Schools of fish. There we go. Yeah. Swarms of fish. They're evil. They're evil. Yeah. The schools of fish and. Moving around and uh, having the fish move around, you know, I think it's a very good-looking game. Obviously, I, I was due to this game because of obviously I loved Flower and Journey yeah. a lot. I really, really loved them games, and that's what brought me to this game. Um, I really liked the way it played. I was kind of worried because obviously it's underwater swimming, and mm. they tend to have a history of not being very good <laughs> under swimming sections. But I, I was really impressed with how the game controlled being as you had a camera. Your camera's on your right stick is normal, but it doesn't actually move your character. All your character movement is via your left stick. And R2, was like, was it R2 for your forward momentum? I think it was R2, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, R2 yeah. to basically start swimming and then uh, B, I think the B button was the boost on that? Yes. Or one of the face buttons was anyway. Yeah. I was using a Xbox controller on PC. Yeah, it was, yeah, but it would be B, so circle on PlayStation, yeah. Yes. And you have to do kind of like the, the triple tap to to get the, your full boost. But, hmm. yeah, I... I enjoyed the the sort of the gameplay loop and the way the game played i was hoping for a bit more i, I don't know I, I kind of when i finished journey of flower i felt kind of like fulfilled when i finished this i felt a little empty i'm not sure why yeah what what, what were your sort of take takes on Abzu? um i i loved just swimming around amongst the various different fish. Um, I was expecting more of kind of an open mm. not world, but just an open area. And the first area you get into is this sort of circular area that looks quite big. You start swimming around amongst the fish and then you end up hitting an invisible wall. And there's at the other end of the area, a very clear sort of gap in the uh, rocks that, that you're supposed to go through. So yeah. at that point I, I quickly readjusted and expected a, uh, uh, a more linear experience, but every environment I went into, it was just like, I was so desperate to explore it because it looked so beautiful and there was lush 
plant life and different fish to explore and, and different stuff to find sort of littered around the place. Um, the, the one thing that did uh, sort of jar me a bit was um, like, like those games you've mentioned, the, um, why am I blanking on the name of the company? That game company. There we go. That, that um, <laughs> <laughs> um, their previous games, uh, certainly Journey and, and Flower had a, a section where uh, suddenly there's an environmental hazard and that in this game as well. Mm. Um, and I felt like this much as I did about the one in Unfinished Swan, which is another uh, kind of similar game where it's riding on the aesthetic and it's, uh, more of a game about the meaning of what you're doing than um, than necessarily exactly what you're doing, uh, and in in that the the area you get into where suddenly you're being attacked or there's hazards or what, you know whatever there's danger, um, I could have done without, and I felt like that about this as well until I got to the end when the payoff for that is so satisfying that that left me feeling exactly how I felt at the end of Journey and the end of uh, Flower. Um, I, I, I loved the narrative sort of thread through as you're, uh, you know, unlocking these sort of um, energy towers, I guess, or, you know, is the best way to describe it. Mm. Um, and finding all these new fish and there's different sort of, I guess there's different interpretations on what the the various things you're doing actually relate to and what they are. Uh, but the the moment at the end where you've got all these fish around you and you're jumping out of the water along with them, it's just beautiful visually and in terms of its narrative. Uh, I, I just absolutely love that. Um, it's a fairly simple game, much like Flower and, mm. and Journey yeah. were. Quite short. It was maybe two to three hours, I would say. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. I mean, if you explore, you can probably yeah edge that out to sort of the four mark. I think I finished it about about two. I think yeah. Yeah. Um, I I didn't. There are sort of effectively collectibles. Uh, There's stuff hidden, hidden stuff to find around the areas. I certainly didn't find it all, but I felt I made a good stab of probably getting like two thirds or maybe three quarters of of what was there. Um, I, I never lingered in an area just to find those as I came across them, you know, looking for switches here or there to kind of open up the path. Um, I like the fact there was a, a sort of very limited amount of that sort of very light puzzle stuff, literally just to encourage you to explore. So you're not yeah. just swimming on. Um, there's some really cool, almost sort of, um, on rails sections, I guess, is the best way to refer to them, um, where you're caught in the current and you're just sort of navigating through um, through the environment. That was really, really cool. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed so them cool. sections. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were they were really fun. Where you obviously like coming through and then you hit hit further schools of fish, which give you a bit of a a, a boost, a bit of a boost, and nice yeah. uh, visual and auditory feedback as well. So. The one, the one thing that really I clicked with with this game. I'm a bit of an audio man. The soundtrack for this game was stunning. It's incredible. Yeah, and the way it it organically changed as you was moving through and doing different things. It wasn't like you could hear a change in track. It just all bled so beautifully into the next track. It was. I was very very impressed by 
by the soundtrack of this game, very impressed. It, and it really fitted the atmosphere and the feel, yeah. the feel of the game. And as you say, hitting those later paces with the sort of mechanical things or whatever you want to, whatever. I, I, I don't know whether I came to the end feeling empty because I couldn't... With, with Journey and Flower, I kind of came away with an idea in my head what I thought that they were. And I, I think with this one, I, I wasn't really sure where I stood on what hmm. I feel had happened. And I don't know whether that's why maybe I kind of just felt a bit empty because I couldn't really come to a conclusion as to what I I thought. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I see what you mean. Journey and Flower, I think most people kind of came away taking away the same message, if you like, from hmm. them or, you know, the themes of what they were about. Um were kind of a bit more singular. Yeah. Um, I'm probably speaking out of turn there. Maybe other people took different things away from them, but they almost felt like a poem with a very specific topic in mind. Um, whereas this, yeah, I can see that it's it's much more o- open to interpretation as to what the game is about. Whereas Journey and Flower, maybe it was open more to interpretation as to how much it was about the thing that it seemed to be about. Like, mm. I guess we're beyond spoiler territory now to say that Flower is a lot about um, industrialization and yeah. technology and advancement encroaching upon nature, nature. and yeah. nature fighting back against that. Um, and I think most people took away that same feeling from the game. So it was just how much you wanted to read that stuff into into the game and how yeah. much of that, that resonated with you that made the difference rather than necessarily any any vagueness about what it was actually trying to say or what it was about. Yeah. So it's funny because normally I, I'm quite given to an an ending that is left open. I, I mm. do like a game that leaves me to draw my own conclusions. Like Inside, I had, obviously I read, I read the review for Inside for our website and obviously I couldn't say enough good things about that <laughs> game. I I adore that game with a passion and I've played it a, a few more times since, since mm. originally playing it through. And obviously that's very left to open, open to interpretation. And I love that, but I think that's, as I said, maybe because with that game, I came away with it thinking, right, that's my interpretation of that with this. I'm still with Absu. I'm still very unsure of, was it, do I feel this or do I feel that? Yeah, yeah, very unsure. No, I, I, th- I thought there were two or three really cool moments that made mm. me that made me sit back and think, "Oh wow, that's what this game's about." And yeah, like you, I'm not necessarily sure, but I'm quite happy just to percolate over that. And you know, in two years when we cover it on Kane Rinse, you know, talk about it then and try and sort of nail mm. down exactly what it's about. Whereas at the moment, I kind of feel like I don't want to say anything more than I've said. Yeah. Even this feels like maybe too much, but mm. um, yeah, just to say I, I, the soundtrack. I, I'm forever saying that I'm I miss soundtracks in games. They only tend to stand out if they're particularly bad or particularly good. Well, this one was unbelievably good. Yeah, uh, Austin Wintry, like I I can't say enough good things about this guy, but uh, this soundtrack in particular was just sublime it, it just matched the tone the um 
the sort of feeling of the game was trying to convey my emotions, you know, it was just brilliant. I, and yeah, I look out for some of that soundtrack on, on sound of play. Uh, I, I can quite imagine. Yeah. It's going to get, <laughs> it's going to get a lot of playtime, I think. Mm, and yeah. rightly so. Yeah. Uh, Vader, have you, uh, did you, have you played Absu at all? Uh, no, I, I, I like the look of it. Although the underwater, because it's underwater is a bit scary. Well, <laughs> you can play it. It's, yeah. it's, it's on my account digitally, oh. so you can play. Oh, true, of course. You have access to I my account, remember? <laughs> yeah, no, I forgot about that. <laughs> okay, I'll go play then. So, so your final thoughts, you two? Is it is it a, a yes worth playing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's two hours, and you would know very quickly if if it wasn't for you. I think. Yeah. Um, it's interesting you say that it's underwater, so it's scary because. Um, Josh on on Kane Rinse, uh, has that situation as well. Any underwater sections, he's just like nope. I nope. I, I see him talking to uh, Brad about that, and he was yeah. like no, and then he had he told him off because he was like no, there was more sharks than you said. So <laughs> <laughs> like, you so lied to what, me. What I would say <laughs> is that we've talked about the fact there are a couple of sections where there's a sense of danger kind of injected. Uh, I. I, I I wouldn't say I suffer that fear, but I, I get it. I, I do. Um, I I don't like, despite being a swimmer or having been in a in a younger life, um, I don't like swimming in the sea because I don't like not knowing what's around mm. me. Um, yep. Even snorkeling, I still have th- this kind of worry that I'll turn around and just something's there, you know. Um, and I going into it the first time I. Dive down. I was like, oh, not sure. But you spend all of your time, or as much time as you want, pretty much, under the water rather than on the surface. Yeah. So you can always see what's around you. There's lots of audio cues, that sort of stuff. And there, there's not really, other than a couple of moments where it's not supposed to be like a sense of threat. It's just that there is a danger around you, you you're aware of. Um, and it's it's not anything chasing you, anything like that, particularly. So um, I, I wouldn't necessarily worry uh, about about that. So. Oh yeah, sounds good. I'll, I'll give it a go. Um, that I was thinking about the boss in Shadow of the Colossus, the the water yeah. one. Yeah. That was man, the tension, just not knowing where it was below you, man. That <laughs> that created some. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not not so fun. Yeah, cool. Yeah, you'll have to give it a go. Yeah, it's, it's digitally on my account, yeah. so you, you can go go give it a try. See, see, see how you get on. So, yes, that's all we've been playing, other than, of course, that's uh, every man and his every. dog. Every man and his dog's been playing it. The, all uh, Man's Sky. <laughs> all Man's Sky, every yeah. Man's sky. Every Man's Sky. So, uh, Vader. First thoughts on No Man's Sky. How have you, how have you been getting on with it? <sighs> good start. Yeah, good start. It's most it's hard because <laughs> I do enjoy it. Mm. But the first day I had it, I was going through quite a bit of stress um, and stuff. I actually had the day off. I took the day off work. Uh, not for I wanted to take off my No Man's Sky, but I ended up taking it just because I had enough. Didn't want to go to work, basically. <laughs> um, and so I used a, yeah, it took a sick day. And so I ended up playing it. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I played it for like four or five hours that first day. Um, 
but because I was going through a bit of stress at the time, I think it tarnished my experience. Mm. Um, but as I've played it more, I think I don't want to say it. I, I won't say it. But as I've as I've played more, as I've learned how the world and how the game plays, I've been have, have had more courage or um, not worried about exploring. And so I found my ex- exploration was hampered the first day or the first few days playing because I was unsure and was concerned about the repercussions of dying. And I was unsure what was going, what was happening and the resource management was, was confusing and, and I've got to have this or my life sport's going to run out and, uh, you know, a little bit of fear, but as I got confident in how the game worked, mm. I've enjoyed the exploration more and more because I felt more comfortable walking and just, just heading out in one direction for five minutes. Yeah. Mm. Whereas I felt that I couldn't do that or was uh, maybe it was just a fear of the unknown that stopped me from doing it. Uh, and, I, and so I regret, I end up traveling further to, um, to more planets without exploring the first planet sooner than I probably should have. Um, and I actually walked out the first galaxy just to try it before I, sh- I bef- uh, sorry, the first solar system before I, before I should have. Um, and now I want to go back, but I don't want to waste warp cells because <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't explore all the planets in that first solar system. Uh, so it, yeah, so I'm, I'm overall I'm positive on the game and I really enjoy it. I love the look of it and the feel of it. And just that sense of wonder when you find something new is, is just next to none. Like it's just awesome. Um, yeah. That's my first initial thoughts. See, I, I was kind of the opposite to you. Rather than bugging out, I spent six hours on my first planet. But before I left my first planet, I think, I hit the space station and I think I ended up with over a million credits before I'd even finished on my first planet. Honestly. No. Yeah, I went, I went a bit uh, mine crazy. I kind of got a bit of a mining addiction. And, <laughs> yeah. I, my, my initial thoughts, as I say, I spent a lot of time mining, enjoying the gameplay loop of sort of, same as you, dibbling little bit out as I got more confident and knowing what minerals I needed to keep my suit up and running I would venture further out and then I'd start hop skipping with my ship further out landing checking that area in my ship moving around the planet a bit more and that that became sort of my gameplay loop do you, uh, do you know what did it for me is the very first thing I did when I had to go find the resources to fix my ship hmm. is I turned around I was like oh there's a cave and I got lost in that cave for 45 minutes. <laughs> so I think, yeah. I think it scared me. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to. And so I've actually, I think I've maybe been into one cave since. And then like the 15, 20 planets I've been to, I just avoid caves. <laughs> uh, have you, have you, have you picked up the, the grenade thing for your, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just go into caves. Holes. That's fine. You can just bust your way out of caves anytime. <laughs> Just use that. You can blow your way out of the caves now. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I've gone so deep into caves sometimes, I don't think, even if I tried to find my way out, I don't think I could. <laughs> I just have to blow my way out sometimes. Yeah, I, I like that. Those cave systems are crazy, some of them. Some of them go on yeah. for a long time. And it, it does amaze me that this game is just built by maths. It, it is quite a technical feat in my eyes, to be honest. It, yeah, yeah. 
yeah. you see that cave I went into talking about crazy um, cave structures. I went through and I thought I found the exit. And I was like, Oh, there's light went out and it was like a hole in the side of it, like a, like a 200 meter cliff. And so I'm just like stuck in the side of this cliff. So the turn back. So yeah, you it is quite spectacular. Bit. Yeah. I was scared. Of it. I was only new to the game. It was my first hour of the game. <laughs> Use that little booster before you hit the floor. Did, yeah. Yeah. Now, you- now it's all, all good. Do you know yeah. the other trick of uh, getting if you're stuck down the side of a cliff to get out as well? You can mostly walk up cliffs. There's no kind of well, real... Even if it's a vertical cliff that's like 100 metres tall, they, they put a thing in, uh, into the game so you would never get stuck. If it's All the time you're touching up against the surface, if you're holding the jetpack, your jetpack will not run out. Yeah. yeah. After you have climbed cliffs yeah, that way. Kind yeah, of here, it, it's sort of... You're buffeting against the cliff wall yeah. every time you touch ground, essentially. Um, your your jetpack will kind of recharge. So. Yeah. yeah, and you can work up almost straight up cliffs pretty much. You can kind of grip yeah, to them. They're really generous. I, I I immediately thought, oh, I'm not going to be able to walk up here. I'm going to slide down or something. But it, it's essentially like it slows down a bit your walk speed, but yeah. you're, you're never going to slide down anything as far as I've found. If I you're think, not yeah. falling, then you can stand perfectly still and, yeah. and walk up. So. I think they've been quite generous with uh, sort of the ele- explanational aspects because because obviously it's procedurally generated. They can't foresee everything that's going to be created. So look, they've given us the tools to not get stuck, which is cool because mm-hmm. there there is a good chance of getting stuck in some of these places. You'll be like, let, let, oh, bugger, there's a cliff there. Yeah, I'm down ruined. a hole. Oh, I'm stuck here forever. There goes my save. So it's nice that they've implemented these small little things just yeah. so you don't get yourself stuck, which is cool. They're pretty generous with um, collision as well, because I've been in some pretty tight caves where there's sort of stalactites and stalagmites mm. in front of me, and they pretty much never stop you. Like you, you can't walk through trees and stuff, but in terms of those. They're pretty generous about yeah. saying, no, you, you can walk out of there because the last thing we want is someone getting stuck on geometry because they walked into a cave that was slightly too tight for them. So yeah, uh, that's all pretty generous, which is smart. I think a game where you're being limited on how much you can use your jetpack, you're being limited in how much you can sprint, and you're being limited in how much you can carry, they don't want to limit you in other ways as far as exploration goes. Yeah. yeah. So what are your what are your uh, first takes? I, I see you're playing on the are you playing on the PC, James. Yes. Yeah. How yeah, so how has that been? Until, uh, a week ago, the twelfth, it came out. Um, I have so I noticed when I first fired it up, there was a bit of stuttering, um, and I'd heard like horror stories about it runs terribly, it's crashing, all this sort of stuff. By the time I fired it up, um, and I noticed a bit of itching, a bit of stuttering. Um, that happens when I load the game up now, but within 10 seconds of starting the game, that kind of dies down. Um, There's since been a a, um, driver update for my graphics card specifically for No Man's Sky. Um, And there's today, I think I saw an update for the game uh, and it's running really smoothly for me. So I don't know if I'm just lucky or or what, but it's uh, it's running really well. Um, what, what's the draw distance like on the in the the procedure generated graphics? So I, I presume you're referring to the fact you get this kind of like blotchy fade in on a lot of the surface textures and stuff. 
Um, yeah, even like we get um, we get uh, on PS4. It's like even like giant rocks that like a floating will will appear mm. quite close to you. Like they, you got to be within like a hundred yards or something before they appear. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. And the other thing that I've noticed is sometimes you can see birds on the ground and you look up and they're not there. Um, stuff like that. So uh, I I've not seen it on PS4. It may be that I've got a longer draw. Than but no, you still see te- textures as you're coming down to the planet's surface. They'll kind of be fading in. Trees can sometimes look like they're bright white until you get closer and the kind of the textures pop in on that. Uh, and yeah, there's there's rocks and geometry will kind of fade in around you. You can always see what's immediately around you, but yeah, you can't always see what's, you know, as, as you say, like 100 yards away or whatever. Um, so I, I would imagine they're very similar, and I think part of that's probably because of the procedural generation. Yeah, um, it's obviously mm-hmm. not randomly generating that, because otherwise it would be different every time it redrew. But I think it's it's limiting how. Hey, I'm not a programmer. I, I it feels to me like it, or my assumption is it's limiting how much of what's around you it's drawn, simply because it needs to generate that kind of as it goes. Um, otherwise, yeah. you know, how, how much of the surroundings do you load in and how do you dynamically then shift that, whether someone's in their ship or sprinting uh, or, or just walking or in their jetpack. So uh, I imagine that needs to be quite a small area that's actually drawn in because, in you know, the area you can see around you is, is pretty darn big, especially when you've potentially got multiple animals and buildings and you know, sentinels flying around your game, et cetera. So uh, there can be quite a lot going on. Um, yeah. So, yeah, draw distance is definitely noticeable. Um, but I, I got used to that quite quickly. Um, it's interesting hearing you guys talk because it, it kind of reinforces what I was feeling about the game, which is if this is a game that you immediately gel with, which, Cliff, it sounds like you did, you just want to go and mine I'm just going to go in a direction and mine everything I see mm. uh, and kind of clear a planet, then that's fine. But, uh, you know, that that you'll get that from the game. But I kind of feel like for anyone who doesn't immediately gel with it, you need to really be in the right mood to play the game. Yeah. Because um, it is the sort of game where you can kind of get into that zen state where you're just taking in the atmosphere, taking in the soundtrack, you know, exploring, finding new stuff, just being thrilled by finding that last um, species of animal that you needed to complete your codex, um, complete your records for the planet, and just go and see what you can find, find a lump of giant lump of gold and just have fun tearing that to shreds for five minutes or whatever. Um, but I get the feeling that if, if I sat down to try and play No Man's Sky and I wasn't in the mood to play No Man's Sky, it, it's a... It's a game you really have to be in the mood to want to, you know, to play. Um, sounds like a daft thing to say because I guess any game is, but I think it's kind of been borne out the past week and a half where a lot of the talk about the game is talking about what it's not and not what it is, if that makes sense. Yeah. So a lot of people saying, well, I thought I was going to be able to do X, Y, or Z and I can't, or here's all the stuff that I wanted in this game, but it's not there, you know, that kind of stuff. Um and I think part of that is because you can I think it it behooves a player to accept this game for what it is, 
to sit down when they're in the mood to play it and play it and potentially then get infinite amount of playtime out of it. I think I've put about 16 hours in and um, and like like you guys have said, I, I spent the first 10 clearing out the three planets that were in my first starting system. Um, I've since kind of found, and Vader, this speaks to what you were saying, actually getting attached to any one system is pretty futile for me um, because you never know if you've seen everything, if that makes sense. You can clear all the species off the planet list, but it doesn't tell you how many of the waypoints you've gives you a list of your last six or whatever. Um, you never know whether you've got all the mined materials off a planet's surface because the planets are just too big to do that with in many cases. Um, and what you then realise when you do leave one system and go on to the next is you've got a whole other system to look at. And I think the, the map speaks to this where once you leave one system, if you're so you've got a couple of different paths you can take that kind of draw lines. So you can just free roam around to any star system. But you've got a couple of different paths. And once you go in one direction along then, uh, along that path, it's pretty difficult to get back. I, I, I yes. was in free roam <laughs> mode. And trying to find the system that I had already discovered was a nightmare because it's not laid out logically to do that. It's not like you're clearing a, a map in Assassin's Creed or even in Mass Effect where you've got a definitive number of planets to go and visit and you can check those planets off your list if you like. You just can't... I don't think you you can do that in this game. And you, you can, just make sure you've cleared every, as much as you want out of each system. Mm. But I ended up finding that, okay, I can just go and mine everything on this planet, but actually I've got, like at this point, 5 million units and or credits. I've got a full inventory and I'm gradually adding to that. It's not like if I search around this planet I'm suddenly going to find it's a whole other aspect of the game that's necessarily. I'm going to yeah. find incremental upgrades to stuff I've already got. I'm going to find more of a material that I've already got tons of. Um, and I might find a slightly better ship, but even then you don't need to upgrade your exosuit and your ship to, to be able to do anything else, it's only going to allow you to do things um, better. Yeah, it's definitely better. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, it's, it's a good kind point. Of, it's kind of weird getting used to the fact that there is no, there's almost no min maxing the game. That sounds ridiculous mm. to say because I mean, you could just mine, sell everything, get loads of money, get the fastest ship. You know, you can game this to get the most out of the system but to what end because it's not like you get a max level character right. it's not like min-maxing a souls game where it's like right how do i get the most bang for my buck out of this weapon yeah. and just make a build that is just full-on effective this for the minimum level by what you're saying it's kind of this is what this is what my problem was i mm. I, I i spent the first bits doing it nice and slow taking my time and then for whatever reason, I decided, okay, I'm, I want to push forward. And I then basically started min-maxing, trading with certain people. Pick, like you, you can go into the Galactic Trade Center, see what their stuff is, high prices, go out 
yeah. to where the the ships dock. You buy all their goods at around galactic price. Go and sell that off, and just keep doing that. And you can yeah. earn loads yeah. of money. Did that. Ended up upgrading my warp drive, and I then ended up just basically flying, skipping through the galaxy because. I don't know what happened. I, I kind of, I, I really dug into it, really enjoyed it, and then I just kind of lost my way with it and just wanted to see what the end was. And I mm. ploughed through to both the centre of the galaxy and the Atlas path. Yeah. Uh, oh, you already got there far. <laughs> I've, yeah, but I've basically technically completed the game and I rushed it big time after my first 15 to 20 hours. And I, I mean, I was rushing, like I was really pushing it hard. And by the end, 40 hours, that's a lot of game for really, really fucking rushing. Yeah, like, yeah that's... Like, and I, I was yeah. rushing. Yeah. I've only walked three times. <laughs> I, I wish I would have carried on playing it as uh, Mr. Morbid Beard said, and you, James, as well, dipping in, throwing a couple of hours on coming back, doing a few here, a few there. Because I laid so much time into it, I feel I've ruined the game for myself. And now I, because now I've done that and seen both of those ends, technically, I'm like, I I feel lost with it now and I don't know whether I want to go back and play it anymore. But that's my undoing, not the game itself. I, I think, I think that's interesting. And, I get what you mean. It's it's <clears throat> your undoing, but it, it's also the way the game's set up. We, we're that's the way games are. You know, mm. you, you can min max any other game, and and the result, the what you get out of that is you have an incredibly effective build, and you can make life easier for yourself through the rest of the game. Min maxing, we're talking RPGs generally, yeah, um, or games with RPG elements or whatever you want to say, and in this. It has the hallmarks of that. So you've got uh, your journey screen with all your challenges. You think, well, okay, how can I go about maximizing this? So, all right, mine loads of crap, sell it off, and I can get the two and a half million units I need to get the top tier of, of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can you can preferentially look for... Um, what do they call them? like outposts where you know you're going to meet aliens and you can you can rush to get that and you can upgrade your suit and find ways so you can play efficiently and effectively to meet what seem to be targets but that's kind of what I mean when I say you know you can upgrade your suit you can upgrade your ship but you don't actually get anything for that you, you just have it I mean you can still do all the stuff. Yeah, at the beginning of the game that you can do when you've maxed everything out. As, as hey, I, I haven't gotten to the endings. Maybe that changes, but it's all just you know increasing or decreasing cooldown times, increasing effectiveness of your mining beam or your gun or or your suit's uh, resistance to environmental uh, hazards. So it all just allows you to do the same stuff you've been doing for a bit longer or a bit more or a bit quicker. Um, but it doesn't yeah, actually get this. you anywhere if if you're not enjoying the exploration for its own sake. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, um, did you do much combat, uh, Clough? Uh, a lot, yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, because obviously one one of the things I was doing was finding the high security planets that have things like the the what they I think they're like. Uh, cubes, the cubes and gravitino balls that are worth yeah, a lot on the trade market the yeah, yeah. so whenever you collect one of them you get a free star straight away and you get a walker and two sentinels so i i upgraded to the rail shot i think it is and that thing just devastates enemies like there's no tomorrow they're they're like little play things when you get the rail shot adapter for your yeah. for the multi-tool so yeah i found a planet yeah they had all those hundreds of cubes and that's mm. That's the first time I actually made money was I went from like having like 50,000 to like 1.5 million yeah. uh, <laughs> in like about 45 minutes. Yeah. But every time I had to fight one of the, I, I go a walker eventually <laughs> and it scared the living daylights out of me because I'd be able to fight off the little spider-like ones. <laughs> and then the walker turned, I was like, this massive laser beam at me. And I'm like, oh, I'm tongue leaf. <laughs> I'm out of here. Um yeah, but I get what you're saying, James, about how there's no – you can play the game and, and without leveling up and stuff. Like, I haven't leveled up hardly anything, and mm. I still can survive all the planets I've been on. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, what what I, I miss is because I warped pretty quickly from the first uh, solar system to the second, but they had the same alien race. Yeah, yeah. And then I was enjoying – I was actually like, really enjoying, like, searching out and finding these words and about starting to communicate with them. I found that quite intriguing, and I wanted more of that. And yeah. then I warped a game, and I had this big, like, sense of regret that it was a new alien species. Mm. Then I had to start again with the language. Yeah. I'll say don't regret. Just keep on searching for these words because there's not many alien species in this game. Okay. okay, so yeah. other galaxies, I will come across those you'll, ones again. You'll come yeah. back to, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you, if you leave one galaxy and come back to another, you might come across that original. Who who was the one you was learning? What was the name of the race? Was it the Viking, Gek, or the Corvac? Oh, there's only three, are there? There is only three in the game, yeah. I don't think that's uh, Okay, major. yeah, well, I've come across all three now. I started with yeah. the, the the warrior ones, the with the funny kind the, of... Viking, the, the Viking. Yeah, the warrior yeah. And then I went to the the tech the technology race, and then now I've just in the newest galaxy I've just uh, got to last night I played, sorry, Soul System um, was the um, frog the ducks. Little, little, little short, yeah, the real short <laughs> frog ducks, <laughs> the yeah. geck, yeah, yeah, okay. But I I find that stuff quite interesting, and and mm. and I found yeah. I, I kind of want more of that. I, I I really enjoyed sort of hunting down and searching ruins and sort of the, yeah. the little monoliths and stuff and learning yeah, their language. That I did enjoy that. And the more more picking that stuff up and then going back and speaking to them and you slowly understanding more of what they've got to say. I did I did find that quite quite pleasing doing that. Like I was I was on purposely flying around planets and finding monolith. Uh, not sort of the is it the monoliths the, the monoliths or ruins because there was yeah, a, yeah, yeah you get a lot of language the stones of knowledge there. or whatever they're called mm. yeah yeah no I I do enjoy that um, I've, I was talking to someone online can't remember who about <laughs> how it'd be cool if that somehow this game could be like mixed with destiny that every planet you went to had a different destiny um, uh, mission like <laughs> Because Destiny is just repeating the missions over and over again on the mm. dailies and whatnot. And if each planet had, like, the Destiny gameplay, 
like if it had the destiny shooting and the um, the, yeah. the, the, the yeah. how how smooth that is, it would be really good. And then you could just turn up to a planet and like a certain section would like activate one of the missions, <laughs> and you'd go and play one of the missions. Yeah. I, I've got to say, there's to me, and I only played through twenty hours of Destiny at most through the single player essentially. Um, there's a lot of destiny in this game, in the UI, in the character design, mm, yes. in yeah, um, in just the way a lot of it feels. Um, yeah, it, it, a lot of it struck me as well. This is taking quite a few beats from Destiny, and that's not to say Destiny was entirely unique uh, in in its design, but it does feel like this is a game that um, kind of lent on what a lot of what Destiny was doing. Not not necessarily in the gameplay, but aesthetically and kind of in, yes. in the way it feels. But, yeah, definitely. Especially those menus and how you kind of have a cursor it rather than... To, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, and they're both super grindy. <laughs> yeah, so if you could combine them both together, that you could go like mine. It'd be the best game ever. <laughs> you could explore the galaxy like we thought we hey, could. With hey, this. hey, what are you trying to say about my destiny? Come on, <laughs> I've been thinking about picking up it again, picking it up again. <laughs> New expansion. Come on, man. Come join the grind party. <laughs> so I have to ask because it seems Go. to be the, the topic of kind of the last week. Were either of you guys expecting and if you were, we then disappointed that the game doesn't really seem to have much at all in the way of multiplayer. I wasn't expecting much. I, I, I wasn't honestly expecting much multiplayer. The one thing that I was kind of disappointed in was obviously the life forms. Obviously seeing that, obviously everyone must have seen the Jurassic Park video by now. <laughs> I think everyone's seen that. Of the, no, yeah. Have you That's not? such a funny video. Wow. I, yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily agree with why the video was put together and the, the whole apologize tweet. But yeah, it's just yourself, it's so funny. It's funny though. Yeah, <laughs> but but basically, what it is, mate, they, they had the the image of when we were first shown the game. Obviously, when it was in its its baby build, as I call it, where they can put so much in there because it's only a tiny snippet. So, of course, they can throw absolutely everything in. Like with most games, we see them early. They're a hell of a lot bigger than what we end up getting. Yeah. It's but, the, um, yeah. The footage where they landed on a planet uh, and and it was a pink planet and they got out and there was just essentially dinosaurs, but animals kind of everywhere around. Yeah. Um, which was some of the first footage we were shown, I think. Yeah, it was, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. it's got, yeah, you've got the Jurassic Park where you say, do, 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 and it's like original game footage, and then it goes on to the footage now of like some mutated creature that has obviously been procedurally generated. The music like starts, it's like, eh, 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 eh. And it's like what we actually got. It's, it's, it's a very well funny put together video. The whole meaning behind it, obviously, is like, yeah, you need to apologize to us because this is not what we got. It's like, no. But the video itself is quite quite comical. Well, I have a look. Well, see, I've I've had a planet like I the planet I spent most time on recently because um, I had a few in a row that were quite toxic and quite barren, and mm. I was like, I was like, this is getting a bit repetitive. But then I went to a new planet, and it was very lush, like it was like grass and forests everywhere, and there were just 
the animal life was so abundant. Like wow. you, you couldn't you'd turn around and mm-hmm. you'd stumble over another creature. Wow. I think I discovered 30 odd species wow. in that planet. See, the thing, I, I put, as I say, 40 hours jumping in and out, grinding, getting my warp cells. In that entire time of 40 hours, not once did I come across a snow planet or a sand planet. But I know they exist because I've seen people playing them. So that yeah. just goes to show that you're not, even in 40 hours of flying around, I still haven't seen a lot of stuff that there is to see. By by the definition of the game. I'm never going to. You could play this every minute <laughs> yeah. for the rest we're not going to um and and th- that's why that video yeah it's funny but it kind of it just goes to show well it, it goes to show the entire kind of way gamers are treating target footage now Th- this is a game where of course when they're showing it off they're going to show you kind of the best possible outcome of procedural yeah. generation but by procedural generation means that you're not always going to get that. And yeah, okay, maybe more often than not, you're getting something that looks like a T-Rex with cow's legs and, <laughs> you know, backwards arms on and whatnot. But, and it doesn't have the majesty of that, that target footage, but the, yeah. you, know, you do still, you, they're going to show the best of what that system can do. They're going to show something that gives you an, what they hope not necessarily every planet, because the whole point of if every planet looked like when you've seen one, then what what are you going to be wowed by on the next one? Yeah. The whole point yeah. is, you know, I I landed down the planet and I, it was incredibly beautiful. It was like my twentieth planet I'd been on, or whatever. And I landed on it. I was like, oh, I'm so thrilled to go and explore what this is. Pulled up the records: flora, none; fauna, zero. <laughs> dead planet uh, yeah so there's nothing it looked amazing just the colors the way the the uh, landscape was and now i'm like ah okay well i've kind of seen okay like there's outposts and monoliths and stuff but in terms of the wildlife if you like i've seen all this planet there's nothing this planet has to offer and then i go to another planet where it's toxic and harsh and storms every 10 seconds and you can't really see around you but there's loads of animals on there that i wish i could see in a sunny sort of grassy hillside or whatever ultimately i know that you know further on in the game there may be a a kind of those may come together in kind of this perfect moment where i i see that and that's not to say that i haven't seen some incredible interactions between uh, animals or or you know incredible scenery etc but yeah we can all pick the worst footage and stick it next to the best and say well this doesn't look great yeah yeah of course yeah the way the way i tend to see it now is a lot of these original like the, the videos we first see i i see them as almost concept art it's yep. the yep, best definitely. possible thing that they could give us if they can but a lot of the time, by the time they've got to the end, things need optimizing. They need to bring it down. That's what happens. Like, it, it was you like need to get the game actually running and working. Yeah, of course, because that, that's the thing. It's a very small snippet, so of course they're going to be able to put a lot of oomph into one small thing. And it was the same with Division. Everyone was like, "Oh, it's going to look like that." I was like, "I promise you, it won't look like that." Yeah, that's what they want it to look like. But the game came out, and it still 
was a pretty good. It was a good looking game, but it was never going to look as to what they originally showed us. But I think people see these videos now and they just like, yep, yeah, that's what we're going to get. It's like you need to curb your expectations a little bit. I yeah. think, yeah. yeah, it's the Big Mac syndrome. We talked about it a few episodes back. Um, Maccas, uh, yeah, that they're always going to put their best foot forward. It's not necessarily the best thing to do, and they probably shouldn't. Oh yeah, because... yeah, I agree. It's it's not. It's not that it's not responsible, but yeah, it's maybe not the best idea for your PR to be fireworks and bells and whistles and making a big deal of everything. But of course, that's what's going to happen. It's advertising. Yeah. You know, yeah. Lynx adverts tell you if you spray Lynx on, you're going to be surrounded by you know, hundreds of ladies. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be realistic. No one's writing to Lynx saying apologize when they get turned down when they ask someone out. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's advertising. That's what it is. Yeah. As far as the um, the multiplayer goes, uh, I mean, we, we've already said, and I've already said, I'm not someone who looks for multiplayer games. I just don't, they don't fit in with my lifestyle. I don't yeah. like the extra stress of the social interactions or whatever, you know, um, Jimmy No Mates over here as well. But <laughs> so, so I had no expectations of that, but... And again, I'm about to say Dark Souls, I apologise. I'd really love it if you could see ghosts of other players and if you could leave messages down to say, like, this direction, you know, something over here or whatever, uh, something of note over here. Um, That that would be really cool Uh, and and would still retain the the isolation aspect that I really love about this, the solo exploration, Mm. you know similar to being in a Fallout game or something where you're just walking around on your own, but you're aware that there's other stuff going on around you. And, and I think that would that would still retain that aspect of it. Um, but, but it would be a really cool way of further cementing the stuff of, in theory, landing on a planet and seeing, you know, I could see one of your guys' names as you, you discovered this yeah. 20 days ago or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I think that would be really cool. And that kind of speaks to, I'd be interested to hear what you guys think. There's a lot of people suggesting that in six months, in a year, there's a lot of potential that this game could look and play very differently in a Destiny-esque way. Uh, I could yeah. do a lot to this. I definitely think in six months' time, we're going to have a very different game to what we have now. I mean, look what they did with just the day one patch. Yeah. That that was huge. That was that was game changing. So and that that they're saying, well, we want to bring in space freighters, and we want to try and do a, bring in some base building. They've got a lot of plans that they want to implement, and if they can, that's fantastic. As with the multiplayer, you, you were saying about that, I was very dubious about ever seeing anything discovered by someone. Within the first two days, I came across a couple of planets discovered by other people. Which is a cool. was a very yeah. cool moment, ploughing in, go to land on a planet. It's like all oh, discovered by PSN tag, and his names named it Planet of Gold forty four. And I was like, ah, oh, <laughs> awesome! I went, I know what's down here. Then I landed, and lo and behold, it was a big planet of gold. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, that is, <laughs> is very cool. I haven't seen anywhere discovered. So my question is: is that is his footprint left behind? So is the destruction or the mining he's done? Did you notice any? I can't say I did, no. Apparently they were saying it can be, but you have to do a lot for it to be okay. imprinted to the servers, yeah. Right. Like, 
if you say you've got your mining grenade out and you made an entire cave system or something, then that would save to their servers. I'm gonna I'm gonna write like uh, Vader Van Odin and like <laughs> in the ground, <laughs> kind of like Red Dwarf. <laughs> yeah. What was, this, what was that guy's name? Was well, someone someone was here across Earth in sewage? <laughs> in sewage, yeah. <laughs> in the Red Dwarf book. Oh, I know we're completely off topic here. To Vader, new Red Dwarf, September yeah. the eleventh. Yeah, think it is. Yeah. Yep. September's a good month. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like um, September's a good month. So yeah, but it, it was nice to see that those aspects of actually like at first I was like, well, there's no point in me naming stuff because no one's ever going to blink and see it. But then obviously mm. I saw that and I was like, oh, actually, someone may see it. So I, I yeah. did continue to name things, which is pretty cool. I. I've thought about it and I go to think about it. I'm like, I've got nothing clever to write down. So I just leave the weird scientific name that pops up. Oh, I was just cheating. Like every system was death notes, system one, death note, system two. <laughs> as I periodically went through. So there's a lot of death note planets out there. Just planet one, planet two, planet three, planet four. <laughs> I, I, I haven't named anything. Um, yeah, I, neither have I. I. I'm not, I, I I wouldn't want to kind of come up with jokes or, you know, um, try and find funny ways of, you know, getting a dick joke on to, to be the name of the planet or whatever. Um, that's just not me. But I did kind of have this idea of coming up with some kind of um, system, of naming system that I could use, like nomenclature, um, and seeing if I could make it all around a certain theme or try and make it equivalent of, you know, um, Latin names for things are, are kind of systematic and they, they explain what something is. So finding a way of doing that. But ultimately, the names that started popping up, I was just like, yeah, you know what? I'm happy with that. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a procedurally generated name. Okay, there's been no thought gone into it. It's not mine in any way, shape or form. But ultimately, I'm perfectly happy with the names that come up. So I've ended up not naming anything, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, I wanted to, but as I say, not creative enough to think of something to <laughs> be witty. Maybe we can, yeah, name it after, like, episodes of the podcast or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess Promote the problem it, is that like, when you get into it, it's not just the systems you need. You can rename every save point, so every outpost, every place you yeah. find, every animal. It, that's a lot of names to have to come up with, especially with the different save points. Mm-hmm. Um, the outposts, every one of them you can rename. That's daunting to me. Yeah, yeah. That, that's why uh, I, I just went for sy- I just went for systems and planets, uh, the yeah. animals yeah. and plants, and I left them yeah. just as they were. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, actually, you were saying about um, obviously discovering everything on a planet. I tried to do that on my very first planet, and mm. I had everything. I needed one more thing, but it was a, a group of birds flying in the sky. Have you tried oh, scanning so birds in the sky? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so, I've managed to do it a couple of times. Yeah, I, I have. If they fly towards you, like directly towards you, they'll be in your crosshairs long. Start analyzing, and as soon as they start analyzing, it that's just it. continues. Good, yeah, it's so frustrating. Apparently, you can shoot them, but I've not shot any of the animals, even the ones that are aggressive. No, um, just because no, I, I shoot those little suckers. <laughs> but yeah you can't so apparently because i was looking at this how how do you effectively do this and someone was saying yeah shoot oh, you them can down shoot them out find the, the body and right. analyze that but, oh, okay um couldn't bring myself to do it which means yeah 
on any planet where there's seven or eight animals, there's bound to be some that are flying. Oh, I wish uh, I'd have known that. That was like 300,000 credits I could have got there. <laughs> I had to um, leave. Yeah. Um, Did you guys, have you guys seen the big like creatures that fly? Kind of a mix between a, a, a caterpillar and the never-ending dragon? No. Uh, I, I had one that looked like, yeah, like a giant eel in the sky. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen a couple of them. They're pretty cool. <laughs> I, I, there was also one that was a plant. It wasn't an animal. Um, it was what? like it looked like a wow. jellyfish floating in the sky. Big green jellyfish. <laughs> That's cool. See, the place, but this, a plant. this is exactly what yeah. I'm talking about. I, no, I've not seen anything like this, but I have seen. It looked like a half rhino, half giraffe, and this thing was huge. Like oh, I'm talking cool. massive, dinosaur sized. It was yeah, big. I've seen something once. Yeah. Very I, cool. I found a, I found like a, a dog, panther, Final Fantasy creature. It was awesome. <laughs> like it was, uh, it just it was majestic. It was this like midnight black um, panther dog looking thing with like horns. This uh, is it was pretty cool. This is the one thing I've really loved listening to. Sort of recent podcasts is listening to everyone's different stories and creatures that they've discovered because they've all been so yeah. so very different especially creatures it's been nice to hear it really you seem to get my experience is you get you do get the re- the repetition the crab spider things seem to be i'd never do you know everyone says about the crab spiders i've, I've not I've had a single crab spider oh really I'm attacked by one little spider mm. thing on one planet but yeah that's a one-off I've not no they attack me all the time that's what i mean those little suckers can can die because they run through the grass, you can't see them, and you just get in the back, and you just get whacked, and yeah. you're just like, "Where is it?" And you're just like having to like spin around, and then they surround you. Um, I wonder if so it works. I, I get an icon on the HUD as soon as any aggressive animal spots me at all. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, you get the you get the little um, footprint and the little arrow, but yeah, yeah. there'll be several of them, and they run really quickly. <laughs> and when they're in the long grass, you're spinning around trying to see them. You can't and see it. Oh, jetpack out of there. Just, <laughs> yeah, well, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> But no, yeah. I shoot them. I I, I went out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny. I wonder. I wonder whether once it's generated something, once it it likes to generate again, because I my my thing, I they look like baby rhinos, but that seemed to be a common generation for me, and I got them quite often. I don't know how. I wonder if that's yeah. it works like. I've that. had a few. I've had the dog head a few times. I've had like a dog head lizard, and then I've had a dog head dinosaur, and then I've had the dog head panther thing. <laughs> Uh, um, one of my favorites was a planet with a load of fairly large sort of uh, giraffe, horse, cow type looking creatures. Um, but there was one, there was this tiny little animal that was often next to others that was basically like this tiny little chihuahua sized reindeer, had little horns. It was the <laughs> cutest little thing. It really was. I was just sat there watching it the whole time uh, or a bunch of them. There was loads of them all over the place. Uh, and they were just, it's just amazing. Um, like like you're saying, Cliff, other podcasts, you hear people talk about it and what they found and what they discovered, and there's always this sense of kind of joy at mm. that, you know. Sure, for some people that's not going to be enough and, and that doesn't yeah. make a game, but uh, for me, just that sense of discovery and feeling like um, feeling like that that's me that's doing that. And um, I think I heard on the Gamers with Jobs podcast was put best by um, Sean Andrich, I believe, who said, it's weird discovering 
this creature or this planet or whatever it might be and realizing that no human being has ever seen that. No one designed mm. it. No one's been there necessarily before if you've discovered it. No one has seen that before. You are actually discovering. And yeah, it's not like going to the Galapagos Islands and actually discovering new species. Um, but kind of is. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's only a game, but it yeah. kind of is. Yeah. That's you discovering something and cataloging it in theory. And no one's ever seen that before, even the people who made the game. And it's not many games where that's the case. You know, even a Binding of Isaac, that's procedurally generated. Yeah. All of the enemies are, they're designed. Designed, yeah. Pieced together and the combinations are different. But in this, the rules have been written, the the artwork's put into there, and yeah, they're just cobbled together Frankenstein's monsters. But the rules are written such that, yeah, sometimes you get this wobble disaster, but sometimes you get something that, it just makes me smile so damn much. I, I love those, di- but I really, really love searching out the disastrous looking creatures. I love them. <laughs> like, yeah, there was this one, it had deer legs walking on its hind. It had a dog, a pig's dog head with hoofs of a cow walking around like that. It was like, Mrr. I was like, oh, that thing is fantastic. <laughs> look, look out. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, like, this uh, really good. I love them. I absolutely love these demented creatures that keep being created. I relish in them things. I think they're fantastic. <laughs> that, that's why I haven't been disappointed. There's been there has been a lot of disappointment with No Man's Sky, but I'm not because what I wanted mm. from it was I knew that it would be a lot of uh, kind of just exploring simple, mm. no, nothing exciting kind of gameplay mixed with these extraordinary, wonderful experiences of discovery. And that's what I wanted from it, and that's what it's actually delivered on. Like, it's mm. repetitive, it's simple, it's peaceful. Then you just have these moments of discovery which just bring joy and, and, and wonderment. Um, and that, that, that's enough for me. Um, yeah, this is kind of what baffled me a little bit. A lot of people saying, oh, but that we was promised this and that. And I I don't know where a lot of people got this, this from because what I, by what they said, and what I led to believe this game was going to be is exactly what this game is. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, it is for me. And and sure, other people may have taken away different things, mm. but it does feel like there's this aspect of there wasn't much hard, sort of concrete information given about the game. So people kind of filled in the gaps, gaps. with their yeah. hopes and dreams. And now that that's not t- turned out to be what the game gave them, or they don't feel it is that's somehow Hello Games' fault. And there's certainly mm. all these questions of, you know, it dates back, you know, well into the last generation now of how soon do you show a game? Is showing target footage okay? Um, how upfront should developers be about, you know, this is our idea for the game, but let's be serious, folks. It's not necessarily going to look like this because they want to be excited about the game. They want other people to be excited. And it yeah. does seem like, far too often now, be it the fault of the developer, be it the fault of the PR or the publisher, or be it the fault of the recipients of, you know, the gamers, the recipients of the information. Um, there just seem to be this wild gap between what people expect and what they actually end up feeling like they got. Um, and, it, yeah, it's a shame. I guess yeah. it was inevitable with the game. But, I mean, I ended up last weekend sort of thinking... 
Elite Dangerous is never a game I've thought about playing. It just seems too technical, too in-depth. It's just not going to be for mm. me. And this game, as simplistic as it is, gave me a sense of that kind of space exploration and that feeling of taking off from a planet, hitting the boost, getting out into space, hitting your um, your pulse engine, and just, you know, suddenly hit and then heading into the warp drive and taking off and, and just exploring. Um, just got me thinking, you know, maybe space exploration is for me. And I think that's kind of the, the trick of the game is it makes it that simple. It makes it accessible. It pairs it all down to this that kind of one experience that they showed at the beginning of coming out of space, landing on a planet, exploring it, and back in your ship, taking off back out into space, go wherever you like. And it makes it really easy to the point where, yeah, the mechanics feel a bit kind of repetitive, but that core gameplay cycle for some people and for me is its just unrivaled. It, I, I've never experienced anything like it, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. So, uh, on that, it sounds all, it sounds quite positive from this side of things, which is cool. I just, I, I do wish I hadn't have um, finished the game too quick. I wish I would have mm-hmm. played it a bit longer for myself. But quick, uh, sorry, spoiler free as, as possible, uh, obviously, for listeners as much as anything. Mm. Uh, when you get to those ends of, of or, you know, ends of storylines in the game. Uh, presumably you're still open to then go and explore elsewhere if you wanted to. One of them, yes. One of them, no. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's... So you would have to restart a save file or go back to a previous save or something potentially? Uh, yeah, you could, obviously, the way the game saves, you could go back to your previous save before yeah. doing that end piece. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, one one of them does let you sort of carry on, and one of them yeah. does not. Oh, that's interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, but I, 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 I would say so, I, I would and head back out. Yeah. Well, what I will say, it kind of it's hard to say because you, you can head for one, and that's that. What 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 have you guys chose to do? Are you following the Atlas path or going straight for the Galactic Core? Uh, I don't even know what the Atlas, the Atlas path, path is. <laughs> you don't? Uh, at the moment, the Atlas path. So, uh, you know when you go into the um, galactic menu, uh, Vader, when you're yeah. warping between, uh, at the top there's five little um, blips and you can sort of switch between them with your bumpers. Yes. Uh, so the first one is the heading to the centre of the galaxy. The second one is free exploration mode. And then you'll unlock other pathways as you encounter essentially side quests, I guess, is the best way to describe yeah. them. Because you can uh, put waypoints in. I've put a waypoint in bikes and I don't know how to get rid of it. <laughs> I've had that. <laughs> I've just waypointed something on a planet. I'm like, okay, there's this white marker here. How do I get rid of that? <laughs> just I, I wait. get rid of it by setting it again or whatever. But... Yeah, just waypoint uh, yeah, the planet it. closest to you and then just do it again and it'll disappear. Never. Yeah. No, yeah. I waypointed but, in, the, in the galactic it, map. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, um, so you, you're saying you're not too sure, uh, like you're not on the, did you choose not to be on the Atlas path or do you know, not know what that is? No, I don't know what that is. Right. When you very first started the game, 
when you was at your crash ship, there was a thing there that came up with a red orb. Yeah, I saw that when Odin did uh, Odin, um, because I started a game for Odin, my son, and I saw that with him. But with me, I think Arya might have come in and interrupted me, and I got up to go help her or something, and so I missed that. Because <laughs> that that is a core. <laughs> that is your story or your free roam, basically. That's what you're choosing. Oh. Atlas Path is your your story driven narrative, and Galactic Core is free roam, basically. So I have no idea which one I've chosen then. Uh, are you following a yellow line or a blue line? Um. Well, I've, as I said, I've only walked three times. I really looked at it. Yeah, um, we, I think it's you, a yellowish line. Yeah, that'll yellowish be line. that's your path to the Galactic Core, but. Don't be afraid because you will get an opportunity to take that up again. When you, if you, when you continue warping, I'll say something will come up on your map called a space anomaly. Go to it. You will be given the option to take up that story again, if you wish. Okay. Okay. I, and then you can go. I, from remember, there. I remember the thing, but it came up and I missed it and I don't know what it said because Aria came in. I think that that's what happened. Yeah. Um. But it, I went Odin. I started a game for him. I saw it come up, and I think he died. And then it gave, asked him again. Mm-hmm. The game asked him, "Do you want to follow the Atlas?" Yeah. I, I would say it's worth doing Atlas then the Galactic Core. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's it brings yeah. up some nice questions, but we'll we'll chat that when everyone finally gets there. God knows when, 10 years, five years, one year, who knows? (laughs) Or if you like me, 40 hours, because I'm an idiot. (laughs) You do that all all the time with your games, you just smash them out. It's tough sometimes, you know, you want to to see a game as quickly as possible. I did it with Dark Souls 3 this year, as soon as the sort of region workaround on Xbox One came up, I was like, yeah, okay, it's not a patched version of the game. Yeah, there won't be other people there, but I want to see this game before it gets spoiled for me. And once yeah. you start, it's just like, no, I want to see more and more and more of it. Uh, yeah, there was a few, there was was a, kind of through yeah, a few points of that of Dark Souls 3 that got ruined for me, which I was pretty gutted about. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, I ended up probably having a, a less than perfect first uh, playthrough, but it meant that I wasn't spoiled on anything that yeah. happened in it. So, Yeah. Cool. Well, all positive from this end. So if you're playing No Man's Sky and you're enjoying it, carry on enjoying it and you play it how you want to play it. <laughs> and yeah, I guess if you're not enjoying it, sorry, we haven't represented your views terribly well. <laughs> um, but, but hey, that's games. You like some, you don't like others. We may have changed some people's minds with our thoughts. Have. Yes, right. We've got a few uh, reader responses here. A couple of them rather large, especially from you, Mr. Morbid Beard. You do like to write an essay, don't you, good sir? <laughs> yes. So, shall we get into the reader responses? Because we'll, we are coming to the end of the show now. We are around 2 hours 30, yes. So, uh, we'll get into these. I shall take the first one. This is from... Twitter, this is at Ali Sleek. I do apologise if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. It says, hi guys, hope you've all been well in regards to No Man's Sky. 
It was on my day one radar, but I was not overly hyped for it. Once the early impressions came out, I held off and watched a few reviews. When it turned out to be a repetitive, <laughs> repetitive survival craft game rather than focused on exploration interaction, I won't be buying it unless there are some big patches patch changes later i believe this game suffered from overhype and you know how that ends ahem dark souls 2 right good <laughs> sir dark souls 2 was a good game and it's even yeah, better now with that. scholar i've i yes. have played i have tried both though i have tried both now and i still think it's good i, I like I, i'm a huge fan of dark souls 2 mm. um from right from the original but um you you came in later, Cliff. So what, what, what he's getting at, there was a lot of the hype, maybe tainted yeah, yeah. it for a few people. Uh, so I can see where he's going from with that one. Um, yeah. Well, there we go. There, there, there's your first listener who, who's not really down. He obviously wanted more of exploration. Into, well, there's a lot of exploration. So I don't know. There is, it is rep- repetitive craft, though. Most certainly, there's definitely that in it. And. Um... Just to say, for those uh, disappointed in Dark Souls 2, it's worth listening to, uh, <laughs> I'm going to say, <laughs> Kane and Rince issue 190. Uh, we had um, CJ from CJ. CJ, yes. Twin Humanities on there, Good along with show, yeah. uh, a, a bunch of Kane and Rince's own uh, Souls fans. And uh, he, and, and all of us, I think, but he especially made a wonderful case for why uh, that game has a lot going for mm. it for mm-hmm. a lot of people. I'm not going to say that anyone who didn't enjoy it missed something, but uh, there, there's some incredibly uh, great stuff going on in that game thematically. That, yeah, yeah um, definitely. Certainly hearing other people's experiences helped me enjoy it more. So Yeah, we've had, we've had good talks with CJ on the show in the past, obviously, yeah, yeah. about it. And yeah, he, he's a, he, oh, he loves that game. Oh, yeah, 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 it's and it, it was really cool because obviously coming into it, I started at Bloodborne and worked my way back, and obviously mm. CJ and Paddy helped me articulate one my way backwards because it was a bit weird coming from Bloodborne backwards. So, but yeah, Scholar, I think that's a fantastic game. Absolutely, Bloodborne loved. must have been a pretty brutal entry to to the, the series. Um, it, it was, but yeah. I was determined, and as I yeah, say, no, I, sure, yeah. I, finding CJ and Paddy were the first guys I sort of came across. I was listening, started listening to their podcast, and mm. they they sort of helped me plow on through. And it was it was pretty cool, actually. Obviously, well, Paddy did anyway, because <laughs> CJ's still playing it now. But CJ, I'm glad you're playing it again. That made me very happy. Yeah, makes me smile. Like, I think that's just one of those things where yeah. Bloodborne came out at the wrong time for him. Yep. Having listened to the podcast and talked to him a bit, mm. it just felt like. And then, of course, speaking as uh, you know, like you guys, someone who is known and uh, identifies a little bit as someone who is a big fan of Souls games, you end up putting pressure on yourself if you're not careful, or having other people put pressure on you to to like a game in the series yeah. um, if if you're not yes. gelling with it. Um, and I think that's, it feels like, I don't want to speak for, for CJ, it feels like that's what happened here. Uh, at the time, he was much more about Scholar of the First Sin for good reason, um, with those games coming out so close together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think it just needed this gap 
uh, yeah, for, for him definitely. to reset his expectations. And I hope he's still enjoying it. I don't want to suggest that he's now got the correct opinion or anything. It's just <laughs> nice that he's been able to come back to it and, and seems like he's enjoying it. Yeah, it's good. That's oh, a good game. It is a very good game. Yeah, I'm playing it again the other mm-hmm. day. I just remembered how good it was. I thought, like, oh, this is such a good <laughs> game. So good. Um, Coming up on uh, Kane Rinse in a couple of months, actually. Oh, excellent. Oh, nice. I look forward to that one. Most certainly. Um, James, would you like to read the next one? Absolutely. Here? The, uh, the next feedback is from Lee at The Shortest Legs on Twitter, who says, My girlfriend knew she was going to lose me for quite a lot of hours to No Man's Sky. PC is in the spare bedroom. So she secretly brought, bought me a really good gaming laptop so I could play in the living room. Absolutely loving the game. A few stutters on PC, but I'm sure it will get fixed. I've never won a space battle. <laughs> I, yeah. I should add that she made me stay in because she was expecting some clothes to get delivered. It was a big box with a laptop, big cooling pads, an aluminium mouse mat so I can use it on the sofa, and a Razer Naga mouse. Nice. Very nice. You're yeah. yes. <laughs> That's Space battles, She's a keeper. Yeah, they they can be uh, tricky. Mm. Yeah, I've I've had one. I took off from a planet, um, mm. and some just some spaceship was attacking me. And I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> and then I died. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got caught today in my first. Uh, so there was I came into a system, and there were a bunch of like um, space freighters, I guess, um, there. The pirates. Uh, and there were, yeah, yeah, there were about. No, it must have been 20 ships uh, attacking them all. And they don't all turn on you. They only turn on you one by one or one or two at a time uh, as you engage them. Um, but I heard uh, Sean on Computer Game uh, Show yeah. mentioned that you have to be very careful not to hit the freighters because they'll turn on you as well. That's right, So I yeah. was desperately trying to make sure I never shot if there was a freighter in my field of view, which made it really yeah. tricky to do. What what you what you can do is if you go in, take one shot of the ship and fly away, that ship will follow you. It'll follow you, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh Charles, would you like to read the next one, good sir? Wax Mo Hectic. <laughs> King Kiwi God. Um yeah. he's yeah, he's he's written a few times. Uh yeah, so I glossed over this in a tweet earlier, but who? No Man's Sky. I, I was sick, so I played it for like four to five days straight. I sold all of my Atlas stones to buy more inventory space. Oh, uh, yes. Lo and behold, they are the win the game items. I was so upset, I left my house and enjoyed the sunshine. <laughs> At any rate, I wish there was more gameplay variety. There's a good deal, but I feel like the game was sort of tech demo most of the missions were some variant of go here and interact with an object, which is okay, but I can tell that the focus of the project was creating the planets, not really putting interesting stuff to do on them. I also found that most of the critters looked like mutilated livestock, which was a bit of a letdown. I can't complain too much, though. Travelling through space to find ancient monuments and learn alien languages was really rad. Uh... Haha, <laughs> hi by the way. <laughs> Sorry for the lack of manners. I marathoned an email all night. <laughs> awesome. Um, he made a very good point there, and I will say this because a lot I've seen so many people make this mistake and get so mad about it. You will pick up on the storyline 
things called Atlas Stones. They're worth a lot of money. Don't sell them. I've already sold two. I've only got one left. I oh. kept all the ones. I figured I need to keep all the ones in case it's a crafting item. I've mm. already sold two of them. You, you can know, yeah. buy them back off of people, but you're looking to pay two to five million for one. Ouch. Yeah, and you uh, need... Actually, yeah, I've left the systems where I sold them, so I wouldn't even do to get them. So. You, will, you will find when you're, if you're at a space station, if you really want to get them, if you wait, every now and then someone will fly in and have yeah, an, okay, an Atlas Stone for sale. You, you're going to need ten. I, I tell you what, in a game where inventory space is at a premium yep. and you're having to sell and yep. ditch stuff just to keep hold of mm-hmm. plutonium and the thanium nine that you need, that's they shouldn't be in no. your inventory. And they're not, they, they're am not, I wrong for suggesting that? No, completely. You no. are correct. And they are non-stackable as well. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, non-stackable items like Gex insignias and stuff like that. No, sorry. Yeah, yeah, that bad, actually, bad design choice in that, yeah. <laughs> in, in yeah. Inventory management, I'm fine with, but inventory restrictions like this, and I saw they were unstackable, and I was like, oh, no, there's mm. a stack option. Surely, I, no, I can't. Okay, great. Yeah, Thanks. yeah, you should be yeah, able to. Can, you can fit half a planet with a gold in one slot. You can't fit <laughs> one of these little tickets little or whatever trinkets, they are. Yeah, two little t- yeah. trinkets, yeah. Yeah. All right, I will so keep an eye out for Atlas Stones. That's good to know. Thank you, Wax Smurfetic, I guess. I <laughs> what does um what do they look like? Because I don't know if I've seen them or not. The you, Atlas Stones. You well, you won't have picked one up yet. Uh, you, you only the you, you picked the them Atlas up on the Atlas story. path. Yeah. Um, they're they're okay. big red orbs, much like the antimatter. What's the other one? Electron. Neutron. There, there's the um, purple ones that are the. Oh the yeah, yeah. You need to craft to then make. Um, and there's the green ones, which are the suspension fluids. It's all yes. along the L- path looks to red. Get the warp cells. Yeah. There's a green, oh, yeah. uh, a purple, and a sort of magenta one, and these are red versions of that. I, I think I've seen them not for sale, but just in the inventory at the, the Galactic Trading Center. I think I might have seen the, the, what they look like. Yeah. Possibly, yeah. Mm. yeah sounds like that's the case. Uh, I will have to yeah. mine and get some money to, to buy those by the same yeah it's um you need 10 and it's kind you of get more than 10 along the path no you get exactly 10 you get exactly 10 yeah yeah yeah, of course. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it, I, I, I think being such an important story item I don't think they should have been sellable but there you go yeah I mean again, they don't I make hate, a point I hate to be the souls fanboy on here but I suppose so, they, yeah. They put those items into key items and you can't get rid of them if you... Yeah. yeah. Isn't, you know, have a tiered inventory system. You know, you've got an Exocet inventory, you've got a Starship inventory, have a personal inventory for... Key for items, yeah. items, yeah. Maybe I'm asking for the game to hold your hand too much, but that sounds like an oversight. It does. Yeah. And I just want to point out before I, we, I, that I was going to use a Dark Souls reference and I bit my tongue not to because I always do. So it's fine that you are. Yeah. I, I've fulfilled your quota for a good couple yes. of months. Apologies <laughs> for that. Yeah, yeah. Cool. No, nah, it's fine. That's what we do. Cool. 
Right, next one. This is from uh, Cameron Swarbrick at night underscore Twitten on Twitter. Uh, so here are my thoughts on No Man's Sky. It's pretty good. I love the sense of scale and vibrant colours. It really does have the feel of the 70s sci-fi novels I loved to read as a kid. I also learned something interesting. The different coloured stars on the galactic map require different hyperdrive upgrades to get to. I just got the first upgrade so I ended up travelling to my first red star system. I landed on one planet and it looked immediately different to all the other planets I had seen up until that point. The animals were weirdly shaped, everything was neon pink and green and the entire planet was covered in a weird outcroppings of super rare materials. I still can't get to green and blue star systems so I can't wait to see what odd wonders lie in those as yet untouched frontiers. Also, space is so cool. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, the, the, this is a thing. Obviously, I picked up. I only picked up one extra upgrade for the hyperdrive, but the, there are more upgrades, and then you can start transferring yourself to the different coloured stars, which is which is I, quite I cool. I got um, a warp drive upgrade that allows me to jump essentially, I think, as far as I want along the path. But uh, I didn't realise there was then restrictions about which stars you could go to. I've not seen any that aren't just. Yeah, if if you go into yellow. if you go into free mode and pull out, you'll see bright oh, yeah, green yeah. and bright red. But yeah, the one you've got that allows you to jump up to three hundred light years. Anything above that, then you right. you have to do a double jump. Yeah, yeah, because I, I suddenly went from not being able to do one jump at a time mm. to just okay, I can go straight to the next Atlas um, waypoint. Yeah, because generally the Atlas waypoints are only sort of, they tend to be either 300 or 380 sort of light years right. apart. They kind of follow a pattern, the Atlas station, so mm, yeah. it's quite cool. Yeah, it's very cool, very cool. Charles, would you like to read the next one? Good, sir. Shinobi of the Cosmos, Darth Shinobi on Twitter. As for No Man's Sky, I'm still not even sure if I like it or not. <laughs> well, I do like it but it has many failings and upon describing the game to people, it immediately turns them off. <laughs> when you say it has no story, no missions, no enemies, no real customization, a lesser crafting system than Skyrim, rather repetitive environments and buildings with one inha- inhabitant who is the same or on every planet, despite his race, the sp- spacecrafts, which all float the same and have no sense of flight. I like. It's not the best way to describe it to someone. Um, <laughs> I like it, but it's easier to say what I don't like than what I do. It will get better and better with updates. I'll continue playing and enjoying it regardless. I, I, I'm highly confused because I know for a fact that he's been playing it quite a lot, but yet it sounds like he doesn't <laughs> like it. I think. Are you very confused, Mister Shinobi? think you might be. sounds like it well i can see what he's saying because when you try and describe it to me it is very it's a very hard game to describe um so i can understand what it where he's coming from but regardless it, yeah, as he say he still says he's enjoying it so yeah yeah interesting yeah very mm, cool very cool james would you like to read the next one please uh yeah uh, apologies if i get your surname wrong this is from stephen villieu I think that is. I hope I got that right. I think that's quite. Uh, I think who that's right. is from Soft Junkie on Twitter? 
he is one of uh, our reviewers for our site. Nice. Yeah. And he, he guested on last week, last episode, so episode 27. I listened to that, and Jeremy had to ask how to pronounce the name of the beginning, but I just can't remember how you're surnamed. I do apologise, <laughs> sir. That's ridiculous of me. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Stephen says, uh, No Man's Sky is quite possibly the best podcast game after Dark Souls. I'm really digging it, but I'm very much so looking forward to the base building and whatever else they're planning on adding in the future. That'll be where the game can grow legs to keep people playing it for an extended period of time. Yes. Concise to the point and very true. The base building is going to be quite... I, I think once they start adding more bits, I'll probably end up dipping my toes back in with with like new little features and stuff. That's... Yeah. Most definitely, definitely. Thank you very much. Charles, would you like... I'm thinking I should start the game again because I've missed the Atlas stuff. Mm, no, it will come back, I promise. Oh, good. We, right, as I right. say, when you see us, the first time you see a, a space anomaly, just go to it and he'll, he'll, you'll, you'll be asked the question again, basically, which you get asked no, at the start. Cool. It gives you the opportunity. Sweet. I'll yeah. look out for it. The space anomaly will pop up when you arrive in a new system. Yeah. You know, like you get the little yellow icon for where this oh, station is. Yeah. Pop up with a purple icon. Ah, oh, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's like a purpley red, yeah. yeah. All right. This is uh, from Mystic Referee, uh, the referee of all mystic activities. <laughs> uh, now that we have a good iteration of a CG-generated game, I feel like the technology is finally re- revealing the... Mon- mon- it's a hard one. Mun- mundanity. <laughs> mundanity that follows in such a universe. For as much excitement there was about the possibilities of a seemingly inf- infinite universe, it seems people missed the point about the rules. The rules are not random, but procedural, following a set of rules in a seeded procedure. I actually wish No Man's Sky was even more bland most of the time. I can't help but feel like that maybe would have that that would maybe would have provided a sense of urgency and risk at the cost of depleting resources. As it is, you can choose to just not die in this universe and just do the bare minimum to survive minute to minute. You can just be. The developers want to tell you to appreciate a beautiful view, but it seems like they are not really that sparse apart. For, for them to feel truly special. I wish that I was going through more completely barren planets from time to time to truly enjoy the atmosphere at, of an oasis, a fully lush planet with resources. I also wish sentience in this vast game universe wasn't exclusive to the Ninja Turtles, Grasshopper Boys, and Daft Punk. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking mm. of uh, which, that's just jogged my memory. I didn't mention the sound of this at all. 65 Days of Static are a band that I have loved for 10 years now, since way back when they first mm. started releasing uh, albums. And I, I've adored all of their albums. Uh, I really have. And the secret hidden bonus for that, that makes this game just almost uh, worth playing in and of itself is that we got an entirely new 65 Days of Static album 
to go along with this game, and it is astonishing. Fantastic, yeah. Mm-hmm. All of those, yeah. those beats, those thematic sort of uh, aspects to seventy sci-fi and synth-inspired sci-fi music. Um, it's just I've been listening to it when I haven't yeah. been playing the game. I've been listening to the soundtrack. I, I, don't, I don't know if you noticed that I, so I have a five mile walk to work and from work and that's been my walking album yeah, yeah. for the past week or so. And it's, yeah, it's actually a double album, isn't it? Because there's a, a six bonus tracks on the end that are yeah. kind of um, soundscape pieces to mm. pull, pull music from as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fantastic pieces of music. Absolutely spectacular. And it's it brought me to them and I've now obviously got via Apple Music, I've just got all their albums and i've now just got all yeah, if, yeah um, they're great if if you're a bit of a metalhead which uh i, I know you are mm. uh which which i am and have been uh for for 20 years now um but they i mean math rock is kind of a, a branch off alongside sort of tool but uh their music's much more instrumental and uh it's just ace i just yeah. love it I, uh, for, for anyone who's a fan of uh, electronica-inspired sort of rock music, it's it's just amazing. Um, the first time I uh, I was handed their album was because uh, I was going with a, a work colleague to to see them live, and live they're just it's amazing. What, yeah. Watching musicians pull uh, just fantastic orchestrated music from what sounds like cacophony. Is about the best <laughs> way I can describe it. Yes. Yeah. yeah, they're great. They are fantastic, and I'm I'm very glad that this game has brought me to them because it's they're, mm, they're right yeah. up my alley. It's just yeah, beautiful. If you haven't checked them out, go and check them out. They're very very good. They're 65 days of static. Awesome. Yes. Right. So uh, where are we? Right now, I'm going to read Mr. Morbid Beard's one. Josh, you do like to write long ones. I've said this plenty of times. You do like to write. Always good, though. So why don't you write us a nice article for the website? (laughs) (laughs) I've said to you plenty of times, haven't I? You like to write write a nice article for us. (laughs) So this is obviously from a good friend of the show. He he comes on all the time. He's like part of the furniture now, Uh, Mr. Josh Crow. Since you guys put a call out on Twitter... I've been thinking about my feelings regarding this game and the only way I can really sum it up is like this. (laughs) No Man's Sky, at least to me, is like being given a real delicious pizza that you've been told has every topping you could ever desire on it, only to find out that it's just a cheese pizza with nothing else on it. But that pizza has something in the dough you can't quite put your finger on. But you're compelled to continue to eat it. Could it be garlic? Could it be parsley? Could it be another pizza within the confines of the pizza, (laughs) making it a sort of dough-based inception? Nobody knows. (laughs) What we do know is, whatever the special ingredient is, that pizza may seem to be an 80p cheap value pizza, but that pizza is actually an exquisite thing. Perhaps not the Marks and Spencer's quality that we ourselves have built it up in our minds for years to be, but it's a functionally and utterly delicious, albeit sparse pizza. Whether this analogy has fallen into place for me because I'm having Domino's pizza tonight, or whether it's because it's the only analogy that makes any sense to me, I don't know. This game certainly has its flaws, 
And I must confess to having been struck by a massive sense of confusion by exactly how to pinpoint my feelings surrounding it. Everything surrounding this game, from sheer concept of it, through the hype, through the news of the algorithm, all of the pathetic death threats to the release of the game we all have wanted since the very day we started playing games, it's genuinely caught me off guard. I thoroughly enjoyed this game and I'm glad to have only wanted to game to dip in and out of it's left me utterly perplexed not necessarily in a bad way more in more in a i just don't know sort of way that's all i can really say about it the first time i got into my ship and jettisoned off into space it was a moment i've wanted in a game for 20 years so I did what any body of rational mind would have done. I screamed at my TV like a madman and instantly burst into tears. <laughs> Is that the only thing about games that really blow me away? Yes. It's the only thing I expected to blow me away. Yes. So why do I feel the way I do? Honestly, I couldn't tell you. There is something niggling at me in the back of my mind that I just can't bring into focus. And although I love this game, it's one that's just average. The way... That this game has been blown out of all proportion has left it in deficit. Whether that blame can be placed entirely on Sean Murray's shoulders is debatable. But for the time being, with Deus Ex coming next week and all other ones in the next few months, <clears throat> will this be game of the year? Highly doubtful. It is a very fun yet flawed technical masterpiece, certainly. It is the most diverse game of a generation so far, like two halves of a pizza, I suppose. <laughs> And the metaphor is complete. Long, awesome. long, but very, yeah, a very interesting point. And I think a lot of people have said mm. the same thing that they're thoroughly enjoying it, but they can't actually tell you why. It's just <laughs> compelling them to play more. And yeah, like Destiny then. Bit like Destiny, yeah. It honestly, like I, I know, for, I know for a fact the only thing that keep, Kate it brings me back to that is the gunplay because it's just yeah. so good. Yeah. To, to be fair, it's pretty easy to put your finger on what it is about that. It's, it's Bungie's first-person shooting mechanics, yeah. isn't it? But, yeah. yeah. <sighs> right. So last one from Ninja Badger, James. Would you like to read the last response from our Absolutely. good friends? Uh, this is from Ninja Plus Badger equals seven. <laughs> sorry just taking a moment to take in that that's that's fantastic uh, <laughs> that presumably is the super formula that they if you add a badger and a ninja together it will equal seven always seven <laughs> always doesn't matter and the ninja doesn't matter and the badger always <laughs> uh, although to be fair it was equals not equivalent it's not the three uh three line symbol true Mm. equates them indefinitely Uh, anyway sorry Uh, re no man's sky hi guys i was one of those gamers who didn't really pay much attention to no man's sky throughout the last few years not because it didn't interest me but just to avoid the hype train all aboard which is a shame because that's the way the industry has gone anyway i pre-ordered it a week before release and after spending a bit of time with it i have mixed feelings on it on one hand putting bugs aside it's a technical marvel especially the procedurally generated aspects and the art style. And kudos to an indie studio for trying this. However, from a game point of view, I think ironically, it's too stressful. 
The exploration <laughs> part is so appealing, but the survival part just drags it down too far for me at the moment. I can't appreciate what's around me because I'm trying not to die due to lack of oxygen. I appreciate that's the point, but I think it detracts from the gameplay and just makes it a chore, which is a real shame. I'm not criticising it for being a survival game. It's just too severe. For the moment, I'm putting No Man's Sky away, but... Sorry, I'll I'll start that sentence again. For the moment, I'm putting No Man's Sky away, but I'll happily revisit it if tweaks are made. Keep up the good work, guys. Ninja Badger 7. And that's not your fault. That, that was a, There's an it in there instead of an L. Sorry, it just, it just completely threw that. me. I, it's too, too late in the evening for me to do sort of... Yes. Too, too many ninjas <laughs> plus... Around, it's just, around. There's just too many ninjas and badges Yeah, my, my brain set on ninja plus badger equals eight, and it turns out that's seven. It's seven. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's, it's fair comments. It's kind of similar in vain yeah. to everyone. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, th- I think the wonderful thing about this, and, and it's a testament to, to all the people that have written in, is even for the people who aren't getting out of the game what they expected, aren't getting out of the game what they f- were promised, you know, mm-hmm. is is essentially what we're saying. All really well-reasoned, well-put explanations of why that's the case mm-hmm. and how they feel about it and no sense that there's any anger there or you know anything like that which we seem to see i have seen a lot of over yeah. the past few months regarding no man's sky it, it's um, it's nice to see someone just say it this is good and i can see what it is yeah. but it's probably yeah. not for me and yeah. that's totally cool it's when people go why is it not for me it yeah. should be why have and you not same, made the same it from me? the other point of view with people who like it i I hope, and it seems from the correspondence here, most people are saying, yeah, sure, I can see the flaws in it, and no one's being, mm. you know, ridiculously dogmatic about this, saying, yeah. no, I love it, everyone else should love it, how dare you have a different... No, it's reasoned discussion, and yeah, it's not exciting and, you know, thrilling and headline-grabbing to be reasonable to one another, but isn't it nice when everyone does, you know? Isn't it nice when everyone can just be considered about what it is they've got to say? Yes, it is nice because <laughs> the internet normally isn't nice. <laughs> we, have, we have a nice little circle around. Um, yeah, I've got, uh, yeah. I've got to say, yeah, yeah congratulations it's... to you guys and to to your your community for having uh, having yeah. such a high standard of feedback. It, it is nice. We we we, we do have. I, I gotta have a, a, a shout out to sort of the the, af, the people that listened. We. They're they're good guys, and that we don't tend to get people. The only one that ends up shouting and ranting is me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm the bad apple of the bunch. I should just no, that, yeah, that's just your brand. That's all it is. That's <laughs> proud. Oh, it's, it's just being a divvy Londoner. That's what that is. <laughs> oh, growing up in the southeast, it's terrible. We think with emotions first. <laughs> Uh, cool. Well, yes, it's been a very good show. Thank you so much for coming on, James. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure Not having you on. Uh, I was I was really pleased uh, when you you reached out and contacted me to see if I wanted to come on. It was uh, a delight, uh, an absolute pleasure to have uh, such a nice, uh, just long chat about what I've been playing and 
particularly No Man's Sky, because I think that's a very interesting game. And uh, I keep coming back to Destiny, but that's a game that for a good year, if not 18 months after its release, it was still being talked about. Mm. And for a good reason. And I think we're going to see the same with No Man's Sky, I think. Definitely. Especially if they can keep adding to it. Absolutely. So it's, uh, it's lovely to come on and just kind of a week into the game, just give some some quick snapshots. It's great to have you. Yeah. Uh, right. Where 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 can people find you on the lovely internet out there, Mr. James? Uh, well, I, I've, so, uh, I've already mentioned Caden Rince uh, several times. Yeah. <laughs> And if you haven't uh, listened to it, go and check it out. It's fantastic. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, so, yeah, we've been going for nearly five years, ridiculously. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, we're a couple of months shy of five years, uh, which means we're, we're getting to the end of, um, of Volume 5. Mm. Uh, we, so what we do is uh, long form, sort of a couple hour, hour and a half to two hour podcasts. Every week we tackle a different usually just a different game. Uh, sometimes it's a, it's a couple of games in a series that we tie together. Um, but we have four or five people on the podcast and we just deep dive into games that are usually at least a year old, often much, much more than that. Um, so coming up uh, shortly, we'll have podcasts on uh, the first OutRun game, uh, Grand Theft Auto V, um, that sort of thing. So you know, plenty coming up. Uh, try to think what else is coming up. Uh, D4, Dark Dreams Must Die. Um, and yeah, we'll just take a deep dive into where the game came from, what its precursors are, what its legacy is, uh, how it was received, and ultimately, and, and kind of most importantly, I suppose, uh, our take on the game. Uh, everyone on the podcast will have played the game to completion. Uh, and as I say, we've been going five years and uh, it's great to have that kind of back catalogue we get a lot of responses from people who've just kind of come to the podcast and then dive back and pick out mm-hmm. favorite games of theirs to hear us talking about uh, and that's uh, lovely to hear so usually that's what's great to see. There's that's what's great there. about it this oh sorry oh, sorry no no go ahead. <laughs> um yeah that's what's good about your podcast is that it's timeless because it's it's not yeah. uh, necessarily current news or stuff it's it's you can go back and pick your favorites um and i i can highly recommend it i've really enjoyed uh, many of the episodes um i've really enjoyed the zelda ones and as a series and being a great series um and i know a lot of our our listeners and our friends on on twitter and whatnot are huge fans morbid beard he he listen, he re-listens to several um of the podcasts um because they're so good uh so yeah very highly recommended well, thank you. That's that's incredibly kind of you to say, and I think it's testament to uh, Leon, Tony, and Jay, who who founded and are co-founders of Cane Rinse. Mm. They set up the podcast with exactly that in mind, so it's great that that comes across, and that's uh, really kind of a, a great selling point of the podcast, if you like. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's where you can find me podcast-wise. Podcast to Cane Rinse called Sound of Play, which is now weekly and is uh, a collection of video game music suggested by our community and and guests and ourselves, uh, which is just really a celebration of some of the fantastic compositions that accompany some of our gaming memories. Um, personally, you can contact me uh, on Twitter at Carter, comma, J, comma, spelled out. So Carter, C-O-M-M-A-J. Uh, you'll find me there usually tweeting about video games occasionally about why isn't the world a better place? Um, 
And I guess I can say, yeah, we're getting close enough, I think. Uh, I'm going to be probably in a couple of weeks after this podcast airs, launching uh, my own individual podcast, which is going to be a fitness podcast, uh, weirdly. Um, I'm in the course of trying to lose uh, about 45 kilograms in a year, which is about 100 pounds um, of, of, well, let's be honest, fat. Um, and so I'm, I'm kind of chronicling that in a podcast with guests and topics that I think are pertinent to trying to do what I'm trying to do and just generally trying to be fitter and healthier and stuff. So uh, that's going to be the Retrofit podcast, which will uh, launch uh, early September. So Awesome. Awesome. Look out for that. I'll be tweeting about that. that. Yeah, that's in, uh, awesome. Weeks. But thank you. It's the first time I've actually mentioned it out loud. It's kind of scary. I have to. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Exclusive, dark inside exclusive. Absolutely. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, Charles, where, I think everyone knows where they can find you, didn't they? Yeah. What is it, Vade Van Odin on everything? Yes. So, you, so you've got except it right. For the places, except for the places Jeremy frequents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, Vader Van Odin, you can get him on pretty much everything at that. Is there anything that isn't Vader Van Odin? Um, well, I, I have two PSNs. So if I play my PlayStation Plus is my do, historical, yeah. which is Callus 84. Um, so you can find me there if you want to play. I'm on the line there more than I am Vader Van Odin. Cool, cool. Me, obviously, you can get me on my PSM, which is splinter underscore skate. I'm always there if you want to jump on. Normally Destiny at the moment. Lots of Destiny at the moment. So um, Bloodborne, yeah, if you want to come and invade me. That's, uh, Jeremy, that's, that's, I know you like doing that, you cheeky monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, did you see him the other day when, when uh, Paddy was doing his charity runs? He was determined to find his oh, dick invade him he finally got in <laughs> but I liked it though he gave him like 99 twin humanities then murdered him that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, great yeah I, I, I love that in in well all the Souls games really that on in one area you'll have someone helping you out in the next area they'll be there invading you yeah because why not yep. <laughs> why not uh, at Twitter obviously I'm at Death Note which is DE4 T-H underscore N-O-T-E. Uh, and then you can get me at the Dark Insight uh, Twitter as well, which is Dark Insight Pod. And, yeah, the emails which I said at the beginning. So, once again, thank you to James for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. No, it's been an absolute blast. Thank you. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been entirely my pleasure. You guys have been fantastic. Thank you Brilliant. for having me. Thank you. Thanks so much. And I'll say thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening and keep up the good work guys and I shall see bye bye for now and I've got to add in a catchphrase from Rivetar it's not in sight unless it's dark in sight <laughs> <laughs> nice cool see you in the next one bye 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 <laughs>